once again. Let's do it. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> it's a good place to start, I would say. <laughs> good place to start. Welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here today to talk about a year in review or a pandemic year in review. It's very hard to believe, but uh, last last March it was, was when the uh, the official word went out in the United States, at least, that uh, it was a pandemic. And uh, believe it or not, we have a year uh, under our belts now. Uh, we're going to knock on some wood right now because uh, we're very happy and fortunate to uh, be here and uh, uh, send in this podcast your way today. And uh, today we're going to talk about some things we've learned from this uh, difficult and uh, testing time or uncertain times, as many people have said in emails, interviews, and whatnot. And uh, we're also going to talk about some uh, some way that uh, the pandemic has shaped language a little bit as well. So I'm excited about that. I have some uh, new words uh, for our uh, audience out here. And of course, for my co-host and for my partner in crime, my good buddy, Jared. What is going on, Jared? Hello. Hi, Chad. You really talked. You really made it seem like we're gonna hit the hard hitting facts of what's happened over the last year, and you really got me like, "Wow, we're really gonna get into what's what's serious and what's really hitting and what the people need to know." Um, well, yeah, that's why I'm up here in outer space, Jared, looking down. <laughs> yeah, know, it's, it's, it's you're in real heady, real cerebral. You know, you're really taking an outside look in and really examining right. the people and their actions and what that means on society. That's deep, uh, mm-hmm. and that's gorgeous and beautiful. Somehow, in that beautiful and gorgeous and deep introduction of yours, you somehow managed to forget to mention that my background might be a little different. Maybe I sound different. I bet you I do because this place is wood floored, and uh, and it's probably got a little bit of echo. Um, Very disappointed you didn't bring all of your uh, soundproofing panels with you on your road trip, Jared. <laughs> Very disappointed. You know, it's funny that you say that. I, I'm almost a little offended because I just showed you my setup, and it's right. not much different than what it would be if I were at home right now because I brought True. my monitor. I brought everything. I brought everything except for my desktop computer. Um, but uh, welcome to the pod, of course, you know. And, you know, before we get way too into why I'm here in the woods, I don't know if we ever even brought it up. Um, oh, or if I am in the woods. It doesn't look like I'm in the woods, I guess. Maybe it doesn't. It looks like you're in a, in a very fancy place. It, it doesn't it actually, you know, kind of looks like I'm in Europe, you know, like I'm in it does. Like, a, like one of those Ikea apartments. Especially especially the <laughs> ladder behind you, dude. I'm like, all right, all right. What yeah. loft is up there? Like is, is Sven or Ula sleeping up there? You know, what's going on? You know, we could get to that, actually. Stay tuned. I could give you guys a slight little tour, actually. I got the, the webcam that I can move around. But, you know, I'd usually say follow us on Instagram. I'm going to be honest with you. I deleted Instagram off of my phone. I did not find mm-hmm. it useful to my life. Kind of like Facebook. I didn't delete delete instagram i still enjoy it but i deleted yeah, the it from app my phone. off your phone mm-hmm. i deleted the app it was a waste of time so you could follow us on instagram but chad's not going to post anything i don't have it on my phone so you could see what we've posted in the past spread a little love you can't follow us on twitter that i've kind of slowed down on too but you know you could 
That I'm more I'm surprised we in. haven't gotten banned from Twitter yet, Jared. You know, see a lot of controversial things. This is why I'm starting to think maybe cancel culture isn't real. Uh, you could definitely. <laughs> I'm always paying attention to this, by the way. Spread a little love. I'm always paying attention to the five star reviews at all times, and you're welcome to give those. Um, you know, always my, welcome. D- disregard my half-hearted social media plugs. Pay attention to the plea Pajolsta. for five star reviews. Um, so yeah, dude, I'm in the woods. I am in the woods. Spoiler alert. I'm uh, in my second tiny home experience, I guess you'd call it. This one. So, you know, when I... It co- does not look like a tiny home from that angle. So you it's were doing size. some magic. Uh, I mean, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, it, it's it, it's definitely... it's. Uh, I guess it's, it would be a tiny home if this was your home. That's for sure. But it's uh so I, so I'm I'm going to to Louisiana to visit my by the way vaccinated family my grandparents my parents, uh, <laughs> I'm the only one that's I, I, listen I'm the problem you're gonna be the dirty dirty Roni coming in Dude, there I've been thinking about that so I'm driving to Louisiana I didn't fly obviously that's why I'm here in Nashville right now. Um, by the way, nice little city. I, I, I like this city. I didn't get to do as much exploring as I wanted to do. And by as much, I mean zero. I drove to a chicken spot to get some dinner. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hattie's, a popular uh, chicken spot here. Uh, I was going to do it like a full like uh, walking tour kind of thing. But I got here around three-ish. Uh, actually, I got here at like 2.30, but my place opened at 3, this place. And um, by the time I actually got in here and sat down, I was like, I really, really don't feel like getting up again. I just like, I'm sitting down, I'm comfortable. This is the first time I've been not in a car all day. I just don't feel like getting up again to only have to move around a lot and, and be back in like three hours. So I just chilled, you know, played some uh, Nintendo Switch Lite, which I have. Um set up my 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 situation with the monitor and all that stuff um but uh dude have you been to nashville before no it's on my list why, why do you think jared i i <laughs> bought a van dude it's to not go see these away. places it, it, right. it's it, it was a uh it was a mm, about a nine hour drive probably but with the whole like I, since i haven't left the city of ferndale unless i went to dexter which i haven't been to in months in 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 a year for a year so mm-hmm. to drive nine hours in just like a place i've never been to was almost fairy tale hot time I, I honestly, believe it by the time i got to nashville a little part of me was like i could just keep going like this is great <laughs> i right. loved it and the scenery was not bad like it wasn't great i'm not gonna say it was great but it wasn't terrible it's not like like i've driven to colorado before and that's like a solid 12 hours through uh iowa and nebraska and it's just straight cornfields, and there wasn't any of that. Uh, there right. was actually, I drove through some uh, a good amount of uh, re- uh, cities. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I drove through Cincinnati, <coughs> Louisville. Uh, so, th- so it was cool to see s- some some cities. Um, and it was it was just relaxing. I loved it. You know, I I, I haven't taken a, a lonesome road trip in a long time, and it was really great. You know, I listened to some podcasts, some music. You know, it's been a long time since I fully sang out loud by myself, uh, just car style. And I realized I'm not as good as a singer as I thought I was. 
that was a hard well, lesson. Well, maybe learn. that's that's a hard lesson to learn this year from the <laughs> from the pandemic, Jared. You did blast some Willie Nelson on the road again at some point. Of course right? I did. Because, of course I did. I mean, that is the law in the United States. If you're going on a road trip, you have to play that song at least some at some point. Of so, course, of course. Um, and then after that, I played actually a lot of Steely Dan. Uh, did you? I, I'm nice. a big Steely Dan head. You know, I, you know that. Nice. And so uh, I, I might go more dead myself, a little Grateful Dead. But hey, you can't go wrong is with that. Uh, good Steely road trip Dan. music. I've never really listened to Grateful I mean, Dead it's, before. It's jam. It's jam music. It goes on that's forever. True. That's <laughs> true. So I guess I, I feel that's like what's that good would about put it. Me to sleep somehow. I don't know. And you have no idea what tr- like what song you're on. You know. It's I like, think that's kind of nice. You know, time. Yeah. You kind of lose track of time in a situation like that. So I guess there is some positivity to that. You know. Speaking, you know what would oh, be? Go ahead, go ahead, my go ahead. road trip music though. Mm-hmm. Would be, I think, lo-fi. Well, this could be hit or miss because if you're tired, this might put you to sleep at the wheel. But lo-fi, I think, like lo-fi uh, hip hop. Actually, kind of like our last week's song of the pod, the Brazilian yes. song. Yes. Yeah, by Saib. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. You know, I'm a podcast head, so it, like, the um, I would say. Um, if, if it was nine hours, seven and a half hours were podcast, an hour and a half was was music, and it was all Steely and Dan. You just you just singing, <laughs> just jamming out. Yes, just screaming Steely Dan right. lyrics, and and, um, and so it was great. It was great, you know. But it actually got me thinking. That I saw something on Twitter, and um, and I, I wanted I wanted to get your I wanted to get your opinion, or I, I guess I don't know. So it was, it was a tweet, obviously. I saw it on Twitter. And it said, someone mm-hmm. puts a blank map of the USA in front of you. Says, mm-hmm. you have a chance to win up to $50 million. $1 million for every state you can correctly identify. The catch, if you get one wrong, you get nothing. But you mm. can leave blanks. How much money are you making? So essentially, you can... you're saying your only states you're sure of if you make any mistakes so it's one million you don't get any of the money so how many states can you confidently name to the point where you could put millions of dollars on the line and and, you know a lot of people actually pointed out um, on the post that the the picture of the US was only the lower 48 did not include uh, Alaska or Alaska Hawaii. or Hawaii. Um, yeah. But those are, you know, obviously part of the 58. You know, you that know would where be you're going to get caught is you're going to uh, accidentally name Maryland and then you accidentally, it was where Washington, <laughs> D.C. is or something like that. You know, that's well, how they're going to get Well, they said shot. 50 million. So Washington, <laughs> D.C. is just a mull- is just not a mulligan, but it's just a full on lose. Right. There's right? no, that's not what, a lose. That's I mean, what I unless, mean. You, unless you identify Washington, D.C. as it is. But there's no right. benefit to even identifying Washington, D.C. because they said right. 50. Um, exactly. My problem so, would probably mm-hmm. be the the Midwest and like the, the heart yep. of the Midwest. So I know Michigan and that, you know, Wisconsin, uh, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Indiana. as T Pain would say. And then I know uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But I think when it gets to the Arkansas, Missouri, uh, Iowa, Nebraska. I might get I, I I might get those a little mixed up. Oh, I'd mess those up for sure. And then yeah. for sure, <laughs> for sure, the East Coast would uh, mess oh, me up a without a doubt, bit. without a doubt. <laughs> so yeah. I could probably I, get Pennsylvania, New York, because I only honestly only because I lived in Pennsylvania like a year and a half ago. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fair. Really, that's the fair. only reason why I could confidently get Pennsylvania, and because I can confidently confidently get Pennsylvania, I also know New York. Uh, and then I know Maine because that's the top, you know, tippity top. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> honestly, right now, top. I have a picture of a blank map. 
I'm not even confident of which one's Vermont versus uh, New Hampshire. I know can they're right next s- to each you other. Send, can you send me that picture? Just I want to see. It's just a blank map. Just type in blank okay. map of the U.S. Because I have a I have like it in my a, a way where it's just annoying for me to have to send it to okay, you. Okay, no worries. All right, so I think confidently, if I'm looking at the map right now, a blank map. Um. Oh. Oh yeah. Honestly. Oh, maybe uh, confidently. I would. I hate to say this. But confidently, probably, if I'm being really sure, like 10, maybe 15, no, come on. if I'm feeling ri- risky. All right, hold up. Let me, uh, okay, Michigan. Me, I'm looking at a blank map right now. Can uh-huh. I just start naming states? Sure. I'll start from the uh, North uh, Pacific Northwest. So there's mm-hmm. Washington, there's Oregon, there's yep. California, there's California. Nova- Nevada. Mm-hmm. Above Nevada is Idaho. Above mm-hmm. Idaho is Montana. That almost perfect square below Montana is Wyoming. Below Wyoming to the... Uh, You're doing great so far. Below my, Wyoming to the left is going to be... Okay, I'm not sure of that one. But I know to the right is... Oh, is Colorado. Okay, so to the left is Utah. To the right is Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, uh, you're right. Below Utah is... Um, is New Arizona? No, is Arizona? Oh, you're right. Below yep, yep. New uh, Colorado next. is New Mexico. Yep, yep. Uh, then next to New Mexico is Texas, and then above that is Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then see above that one, I'm not sure if I, I'd guess Arkansas, but I wouldn't put money on it. You know, I wouldn't put a million dollars on it. I would right. skip that. Right. But I'm guessing Arkansas above Oklahoma. Okay. Obviously, uh, Louisiana is the Oklahoma. Boot. You have. Oh no, wait. That might be Nebraska above Oklahoma, actually. Uh, that might be Nebraska, and, and then and then I know North and uh, North Dakota and South Dakota are right next to Wyoming and uh, Montana, and then next to North and South Dakota, that's uh, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. I think below so. Yeah, mi- yep. below Minnesota is I don't know what the uh, was that Kansas? No, next to Minnesota is is Wisconsin. Yep. Below Wisconsin is uh, is Illinois. Then yep. next to Illinois is Indiana. Then Ohio. Yep. Below Ohio and Indiana is Kentucky. Below Kentucky is mm-hmm. Tennessee. I just drove that today. I, hopefully, I yep. get that right. I believe yep. that, and I believe in the South that then goes Louisiana. I believe right above Louisiana is Arkansas, but I believe it goes Louisiana, yep. Yep. Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. Below Georgia is Florida, and then South Carolina, North Carolina. Holy shit, bro! <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> you're you're go, already you're already at probably at least twenty twenty five thirty thirty mil right there. Above 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 North <laughs> Carolina. Listen, I'm in the woods. That means alcohol is involved. Above uh, North Carolina is Virginia. That's right, right? Yeah. And then there's next to Virginia, that small little one is West Virginia. Above that, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'd probably be good for a solid. You, you would million. be getting a you would be getting a lot more million than I but, would. But I need if, to brush so up I, on my I, but geography. But I guess it would depend. <laughs> could I make a mistake? I guess. I guess. It, I, I'm. I'm assuming it would be like a um, like a uh, who wants to be a millionaire final answer kind of situation. So I can make a mistake when I'm talking it out like I just did, but I'd have to lock it in, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd probably be good for a good thirty-eight or so. But yeah, I love driving through new states. I, I've driven to Louisiana before once with my dad um, a couple years ago, but um, I don't know. You know, I don't. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just mem- I'm just remembering more now for some reason. 
Obviously, Tell I'm remembering you what. more. It's happening in real time. But uh, <laughs> I'm right. just I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I tell you what. Uh, what's super important for a solid road trip, obviously, as you mentioned, is podcasts and tunes. For sure. I, uh, I'm very excited because I'll be getting my radio uh, finally in my van this weekend. Oh, yes. So, oh, that's so exciting. It's, it's, we're slowly... I have to live vicariously through you right now, Jared, <laughs> on your road trips because... With my Apple I'm, I'm guessing it'll take... Uh, <laughs> yes, well, that and... Well, it's probably going to take probably until April to get everything in my van and set up how I like it. And I'm sure even then I'll still be tinkering with it. Like one thing I want to do is I want to uh, find a way so I can build... Because I've seen a lot of uh, van lifers build like a compartment. Uh, so my the van I have is a Transit Connect. And with those vans, they have like a little above the driver and passenger, like a little storage area. But a lot of van lifers, they extend that out um, for a lot more storage space. So I'm hoping to do that, for example. Uh, got my bed frame and all that good stuff. So... Um, but after April, dude, we got to go on some road trips and go, go to some cool places. We... So, it, how would two people work? Do you mean we, as in you and well, I? Well, I mean, in your we'd van probably together? be going camping. Um, we'd be in oh, a so tent. So you get to stay or... in your van, and I have to go sleep outside. No, dude, we would both. That we would <laughs> both be outside. I'm not gonna. That's bullshit. I'm not gonna. Okay, Jared, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Shut <Good> the door. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. that's just what friends do, Jared. If there's one thing. Uh, it's chilly but, out yeah. here. You're right. Well, good thing I have heat. <laughs> right. <laughs> right well the other thing too though is the weather gets nicer we need to rent uh rent a car and do a road trip like that that's true that's true um, we did have to postpone postpone that so yeah. wait but hold on hold on hold on you still mm -hmm. haven't fully explained to me how a trip would work so you saying we would take your van but mm -hmm. we would both sleep outside you would sleep in a tent just in solidarity of course so sure. we would share a tent probably okay okay just curious. I mean, I, yeah. Listen, I'm I mean, okay with that. I'm very comfortable. Go, go, go tenting, go hiking. Tenting. You know, have a, have a little fire, you know? I'm down with that, dude. I'm down with that. It's been a while since I've done that. I'm Me down. too. Okay. Me too. So, and, and I'm getting some of the, getting some of those camping supplies slowly, but surely as well. So, um, yeah, I gotta, you know, if I'm spending the money on it, we gotta use it. It's important. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know? So um, I'm halfway here in Nashville. By the way, I, I've been in Nashville for all of four hours, five hours, six hours, five hours, six hours. I have barely gone into the city. I have barely seen anything, but I could see myself living here. <laughs> Except okay. for the fact I drove through. I did on the way back from the chicken spot. I did drive through a lovely neighborhood. It was gorgeous, dude. Um, although they do love their slave style houses here, I do. I don't know if that's what they call them in the real estate uh, game. Are <laughs> you are you talking about the ones with like the Greek columns and yeah. that kind of shit? Yeah, like, yeah. and the wraparound, I mean, uh, the yeah, wraparound yep. porch, porch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that'd be a plantation house, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably house, the style plantation they house. Call it. Yeah, I mean they probably do in like the real estate areas put plantation house, which is right. Uh, pretty close to. You might as well call it a slave yeah. house at that point. Yeah. Well, if you know anything about American history, I mean, but that's probably to some of these fuck these lovely people. That's probably a benefit. Ooh, slaves built this. <laughs> um. So yeah. So yeah. Um. It's been great. And then tomorrow is the second half of the journey, uh, which goes through some of those uh, lovely. 
dude by the way or let me one more thing i have to mention about this road trip so the thing is i'm going through the middle of nowhere in the south and i'm only getting more and more south a couple places i stopped clearly these people have their the covid's not a problem for them i see people walking into gas stations in and out you know kind of like when i was in lisbon ohio where Mm -hmm. it's just like no masks no one's wearing masks i'm not gonna say no one i'm gonna say in the places I went today, more people were wearing, not wearing masks than wearing masks. Uh, okay. Especially, like, I went to Chick-fil-A to earlier. T- By the way, today's nice. been some of the worst You're eating You're getting decisions. your chicken. Yeah. Today's <laughs> been some of the worst eating decisions I've ever made in my life. I stopped at Chick-fil-A. You got to be careful with road trips because of that. <laughs> I stopped at Chick-fil-A for lunch and had chicken. And then I had more fried chicken for dinner. Because I was in Nashville. I was like, oh, that's popular. This whole hot chicken thing. I need to try it. Um but the thing is, so so the, the, like, there's a new added challenge to road trips in uh in a pandemic because it's like I don't want to stop in public places to have to um you know do stuff. So like, other than a gas station, and I'll go through like a, a drive through like I did today for for food once. It's like I don't want to like I, I went to a rest stop once in Michigan early on because I was drinking coffee, but then after that I was like. There was already one dude in there, some old dude. Most people had masks on there, but one old dude didn't, and it made me mad in my head. So I'm like, I don't want to keep stopping. The more south I go, the less masks I'm sure I'm going to see is what I thought, and it was true. And so you have to get creative. And let's just say your boy got you took creative. Of, That's all I'm you took saying. Some, you took some dookies in the woods? Is that what you're saying? It wasn't the woods, but I certainly found some... Not No dookies, but I've certainly found some <laughs> ways to use the restroom without having to go into public officially stated bathrooms i'll tell you that and um and i feel i'm proud of myself i'm it was dumb slash proud of myself but uh yeah yeah that's all i'm saying is i peed behind some stuff just to have to not go into a place (laughs) (laughs) there you go one thing we've learned from uh, a year into the pandemic jerry there we Um, go um, yeah a year into a pandemic these are the levels i'll take and not to go into the plethora of publicly available walmarts and gas stations that i drove past right i i will say this i think both of us tend to err on the the safer side and side of caution during this pandemic mm-hmm. um although I but could, i do yeah go ahead sorry I, yeah. I do think though um that you definitely are a little bit more cautious maybe than i am because i don't know if i would go to those lengths uh, i'd probably just stop at a rest stop myself it really makes it really bothers me to see the level of lack of mask i because hmm. then once it's once i start to hit a a level of people not wearing masks it gets to the point where I'm like, well, my mask is kind of useless at this point. Not to the point where I take it off. But, you know, like, for example, you know, Atlanta, you know, they haven't stopped, really. Or Georgia in general. They haven't really stopped since this whole pandemic thing has gone down. And every now and again, you'll see a, I'll see a club picture on social mm-hmm. media. And you'll see all these people in the club. Most people not wearing masks, not caring. But you'll see, like, right. one or two people in a club wearing a mask. Wearing a mask. What, what and are I'm you like, even at that doing? Point, who who cares? Why why what's yeah. the even like does does the mask do anything if you're surrounded by hundreds of people yelling uh around you? It's like at that point what's even the point like why even putting yourself in that situation if you really think you're trying right. to take some sort of precaution with the mask. So that's just Yeah, um, I don't I don't get that either. The, yeah. That's just that's, how I feel I, when I start seeing like a level of people walking in and out of places without of like where it's where it's clearly more lack of mask than there is a mask and there's just 
and, and it's just like this whole mentality here where it's just like I'm not going to wear a mask and that and that and and, right. and, and it's and it, and it really bugs me. It actually kind of bugged me at Chick Fil A, which is just a drive-through. But seeing all the people around me, because I've never been to a Chick Fil A where it's not packed to the brim with people, but like um, where you just see all the people in their cars making orders and not even you know putting a mask on to make an order to the people. And I'm just like, you're just assholes at this point. It's like, and, and it just, and it just really annoys annoys me to see that. Well, I think a lot of people, I think it's it's two things, Jared, or one one of two things. Um, some people, I think, at this point are just quote unquote done with it, and they just don't care. Uh, then there's, I think, another group of people where. Um, they just they never care to begin with okay maybe yeah, it's three it's all, things it's all not caring yeah. based though <laughs> right well wait wait now there is also a group of people and i could be wrong about this but i bet you if you had covid before or if you've mm. had a vaccine and and actually jared fun a little fun well, stat for you i'll give you the vaccine mm-hmm. uh because they i i have heard that at this point if you have had the vaccine you don't have the, you can essentially live life freely uh, and, and, and you More know, two less, weeks after yeah. you get the vaccine, you don't like they don't you don't really have to wear a mask. You don't really have to um, uh, isolate yourself unless you have outward symptoms because the symptoms right. should be fully suppressed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I do get annoyed also with those people that say I had COVID, so I'm good, you know, because it's like, well, how do you, how do you know? I also, how long does that last? Because it's not like people have not gotten it twice. Well, so it's well, just, well f- I mean, I guess, but it's still a risk. I think if you've had yeah. it, it's still a, maybe if you've had the vaccine, I'll give you that. But if you've had COVID, I, I I don't know. You're not a doctor. You don't really know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, but I I had a couple of colleagues, for example, they they had COVID, uh, thankfully got better and and they're fine, and uh, they took a trip to Disney World mm. because they were like, well, we have the antibodies. Uh, let's take advantage of it while we still know we have the antibodies. Hey, listen, I'm and in they, the South now, so what I'll say is, bless their hearts. <laughs> there there we go there we go um but yeah i mean it's it's tough you know i mean some people i think don't see it as a risk anymore some people a lot of people too younger people they think they're invincible mm-hmm. um and and you I know saw, i'm I getting older some, so i know i'm not <laughs> invincible i saw some kids uh like maybe 10 kids playing five five v five uh in, in a little soccer area and oh, i was mm-hmm. so jealous I was like, oh, man, those kids are having so much fun. Uh, you know, not even just jealous of how much fun they're having, but I was like, I haven't been that close to a human uh, <laughs> in so long. <laughs> oh, look, ooh, that must be nice to rub up against someone like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, or just have someone kick a ball back to you. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I actually didn't bring my soccer stuff too. I have a ball and my cleats in the car because I'm like I'm going nice. to a hot place. I can go play somewhere. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, Jared, um, I don't have any shout-outs for today. Okay. But I think you know what time it is. In that case, let me hold on. Oh yeah, you got the nice watch on. You yeah. got a yeah. I think it's a sharp watch, by the way. Uh, I, I'm going to get started today, Jared, with uh, something a little, little bit more, little different. So there's this. A little this, bit uh, more, a little different. Okay. That's right. Um, speaking really proper English this evening. <laughs> um, so there is this source called Ov- Ovid, is how they would say it in German. It's O W I D um, dot D E. And this is actually. Um, like they have all sorts of interesting stuff uh, on like language 
and stuff like that. Um, and here, actually, I'll pop this. I'll send this to you um, in the. Uh, um, I'll send it to you via text message. Um, but basically, these are. There have been around. Uh, 1,200 new words in German that have come up because of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. And so I thought it would be fun to look at some of these words. Okay, well, some maybe of these I are... shouldn't look at them, and I would rather you quiz me. Well, that's what we're going to do. Um, I think a lot of these, though, you can look at, and you might not know what they mean. Some of these are easy. Some of these are funny. So I first, mean, I, I want to go over all, you know, like uh, collections of words we should already know just to make different sort of words, like they always do. Correct. In German. Which, which, right, exactly. And shout out to my homies uh, at Kaffeestunde, specifically my buddy Alex. Uh, he sent me this list actually, um, and so he. Uh, and we were looking, we were looking at some of these, and so here, here is a quote-unquote German word for you, Jared, and mm. I think you'll know exactly what this means. After Corona body, mm. you know, how I've does that make you feel? I've actually been thinking about that as I go down to Louisiana to visit my family. In the week leading up to going, coming down here, I'm like, you know, I should really make a conceited effort to, to conceited effort to at least try to sort of eat like a proper human being. And then uh, we cut to today where I tell you I had fried chicken for lunch and then a it's different more fried, fried chicken, chicken for, for dinner. dinner. <laughs> you know, actually, I have leftovers because I bought way more than I needed. So I'm also going to have fried chicken for breakfast tomorrow morning. Nice. <laughs> nice. So it's going to be a triple. That's a real southern <laughs> trip right there. <laughs> so, yeah, but I see, think I understand the idea of the after Corona body. But see, my point with this is you have a German word for all of those. You could say nach, uh, nach yeah. Corona Krippa. That's true. To, uh, for example. So I think it's funny how yeah. with all of these new quote unquote German words because of the coronavirus pandemic, a lot of these are, uh, uh, as we would say in the field of German studies, Anglicismen, which are English, would like they Engli say that because anglicized words. I the guess, irony into is German. that they use a German word to say anglicized. They don't just say anglicized. Um, do. Um, I, 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 I now, how do you feel about this? You have a little, not a mm -hmm. little. You have a lot more experience with German than I do. Mm -hmm. um, it does feel like German is. I mean, that's the only language we know to a level where we could speak on with any sort of confidence, other than English. I guess. Right. It it feels like German is uh, getting uh, anglicized at an aggressive rate. Yep, I would agree with that. And, I would agree. And it doesn't feel like like it feels like France. Um, ha has they're a little, very against that. It seems like they have a more of a like a conceited effort to fight back against that. And I can't speak for other countries. I just know France, uh, even like fr French Canada, makes a point to make sure that Fran French is properly infused into culture right. and society. And um, I, I I don't know, but I don't get the vibe that they're as concerned well, you, about that in Germany. You, you know why it's that case with French? No, I don't. Because well, one of the main reasons is they have racist, a racist, probably slavery. Uh, slavery? Académie des Français. What's that? The school of they French have or like something? they ha yeah they have an academy or like a like an organization that handles specifically the, for oh like almost like yeah. a like a um like not a ministry do they call it or like a you know like a secretary yeah. of yep. agriculture? There's mm -hmm. a secretary of just culture probably or something like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't get the sense that they're they're as concerned about that in German. All right, now uh, give me give me another. Uh, all right, let me give you some actual German words, words now. Oh, um, God. All right, here here's here's a good one. Let's see if you can figure this one out. Ansteckungs hotspot. Okay, well I know hotspot. Obviously, I have no idea what I, I have no idea what Ansteckung is. Uh, um, infection or like if you uh, oh Anstecken <laughs> as a verb would I be see. to like infect. I believe. I see. Um, so it's it would be I don't know. Would we call that like point zero or what? What would we even call that? Infection um, hotspot like a super spreader yeah. event. S- that, well, yep. Which Maybe. I think they also if I go down to the S's. And by the way, this super list has. They probably have something like that. Hold up. Zupa hold up, Jared, Let me see. Okay, hold up. They yeah, have super hot sp- yep, yep, They do. They do. Super parties. Yeah. Super yeah. So, see, that's so funny, though, about all these German words. A lot of these pandemic related are uh, a lot of them are English words, which are interesting. Shut down, shut down light, shut down shin. <laughs> so just so a German yeah, diminutive to shut, shut down shit. <laughs> oh man. Can I give you just a normal untranslatable real quick? Of course. Go for so it. So this is it is English, but it's singlish. Singapore English. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's spoil market. I'm thinking spoil spoil market. Spoil market. So think about it. Is it, it like a it's like it's cheap stuff. No, think about it in no. the aspect of you're a student in school and you're handing in assignments. And then of all the people that hands in the assignments, there's a spoil market somewhere in there. When if someone someone cheated on the assignment? The opposite. Actually the exact opposite. So someone think about someone it literally. did an amazing think, job. There, but think about it literally. Spoil market. Someone spoils the market. So they, I mean, when when you get everything right, essentially, I'll give it to you. It, it's essentially when someone goes like above and to be and beyond to a ridiculous level, uh, and you know makes everyone else look dumb, you know, look bad. But like okay. that person did not need to go to that level, essentially. Right. Okay. So it's like you really, you really, you know, caused a spoil. Mar- oh, hold on. The teacher asked for a brief summary of a pa- of the paper, but John wrote an extremely detailed outline and even printed it out. Damn spoil market. Can't can't be having those spoil markets, Jared. You know, you know. Right, what, let me. The spoil mm-hmm. markets I remember from from school were always the ones that would like raise their hand for every single question, and oh, it's like no matter the, the question, worst. they always had an answer. <laughs> yep yep some people need to learn how to uh, have a little bit of self-awareness to the point where the teacher would um, be like all right you know let's actually give let's give someone else a, a chance to uh answer a question <laughs> right right uh, all right let me give you this is this is kind of a fun german word to say and this is the beauty of the german language everyone that you can put uh, you can compound words so you can take two three four five words however many words you want and just smush them together so here we go I mean, jared you can essentially make up your own words and, yeah. and people understand what you're talking about exactly which is which is one of the beauties of german mm-hmm. so here we go behelfs mund nasenschutz i don't know what behelfs means behelfs behelfs oh mm-hmm. mund wait wait I, I still don't know what that means though behelf something about behelfs? helping uh, I think so, or, or uh, let's, 
Yeah, Wound I would say Nava probably aid. is mouth and nose. And what was the last word? Schutz. Oh, protection. Schutz. Mm-hmm. A mouth, nose protection. And then the first yeah, what word would that was be? behelf. Mm-hmm. Yep. So is, is that just like the a phrase? Behelf to, means makeshift. So that almost feels like it's just making sure that you cover your nose when you wear your mask. So, uh, well, I think you're you're kind of right. Um, a little bit. This is actually um, so. This is basically a handmade um, substitute for a for a mask. Uh, sorry, I'm translating German in Eng- oh. into English right now as I'm reading, which is See, a that, was, that was another thing. I, when I went into one that the first bathroom I went into, there was a woman with her shirt over her mouth, <laughs> mouth and nose like this, running out of the bathroom, and I was like, I mean, I guess I appreciate the effort, but how are you? In the middle of nowhere, I, I essential. I assume on a road trip with no mask. <laughs> right, I brought hey, four. Probably left them in the car. <laughs> um, but but yeah, here's another I funny way one. Jared. Four, now that I think about it, go ahead. Sorry, um, I I like all these. There's a ton of ones uh, German words now with uh, balcon, which is balcony. Mm-hmm. So you've balcon gesang, so like a balcony, like singing or balcony song, like what they were doing uh, in New York when they would like uh-huh. clap from the balcony. Is that one of the words? balcony clap next word is balcon clatcher wow very good jared yes. balcon concert so a balcony concert that sounds just balcon annoying. music still annoying uh, and balcon zenger would be yeah. a balcony singer All annoying <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, this is why there you go live in a big city i guess right um but yeah it's it's just amazing though how many quote-unquote like pandemic words or covid words um are english related in one way or another um and a lot of them, though, have, I mean, they're either the same or, or pretty close to the other English words, like uh, COVID-19 transport. You would just say it with a German accent, what is and then that? you got your German word. Um, let's find out, Jared. Let COVID-19 me tell you. COVID-19 transport. Beförderung einer. So, uh, uh, oh, so it would be uh, transporting a person who has COVID. So okay. it would be like an ambulance, I think, like with like. I have a real untranslatable here. Give it to me. And it's uh, Hindi. And it's mm-hmm. Matsya Nyeya. If if there's if there's a long straight line over a vowel, that means that you you elongate it like that, like a or o or u or something uh, like that. De- depends on the language. But I'm, no, no. But I'm saying it's it's like a phonetic a phonetic like if you're oh, doing yeah. a dictionary yeah. sort of. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matsya Nyeya. Then that's how you'd say it. The rule of the fish. Rule of the, the rule f- of the fish. We have a very popular untranslatable cancel culture. We, no, we have a very popular untranslatable here in the United States that we would say in place of the rule of the fish. There's many another, fish in the sea. Involves another animal, but it's not a not a not a oh. water animal. Not a water the animal. Rule, Is it a feathered animal? No, it's a mammal. It's a mammal. Hmm, Domestic rule of the and fish. Wild. A cat? No. Curious like a cat? No, you're close. A dog? <laughs> I mean, that is an animal that is both domestic and wild. That's true. Mm-hmm. Do- so is it a dog? That is an animal that is both domestic and wild. It's not a rabbit. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Uh, the rule of the fish. It is, the do- it give, is a dog. Can you give- it is a dog. Okay. Uh, sick as a dog? 
the rule of the fish? You're just guessing random no, dog based on translatables. Put is some it, thought into it? this. God damn it. The small <sighs> fish uh-huh. get eaten by the big fish, which in turn... Oh, doggy dog world. Get eaten by the bigger fish. Very So doggy dog world. There you go. You betcha. There we go, Jared. All Very right. good. All right. I like that one. Okay. Rule of the fish. Yeah. Okay. Follow the rule of I like of this one, fish. Jared. Stay in your place. Right. Because here's here's a, a good German word. And this this one's hard to say. Uh, I'm I'm just going to straight up say it. Uh, and it's because I think there are two vowel sounds that sound basically the same. Wait, what language uh, is this? German. Okay. Fuß. Fußgruß. And it's G-R-U-U-S or U umlauts? U, nope. Uh, G-R-U and then the S set, which is like the capital B looking symbol oh, in German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fußgruß. Mm-hmm. I have no idea it's what kind of fun to say, is. isn't it? I mean, Fuß is foot. To greet. Foot greet? Is that mm-hmm. saying that now that we can't shake hands or something, we're going to do some sort of foot greeting? Well, have you not seen some people do the little, the little foot? thing no, you I haven't seen that. that no i don't do that no well i mean you don't also see many people other <laughs> than true. well it, i get <laughs> basically is me so <laughs> i get jealous watching children play soccer so uh <laughs> exactly so but you know that there's all these different ways now that people you see people handshaking right like when i bought my van the guy was like i feel bad i really want to shake your hand um, i mean that must and- be pretty weird for a sales guy to be like all right off you go <laughs> well, we, we did the... a fist bump. Uh, we did okay, a fist bump. Okay, I was okay. like, I, you know, you gotta so. do something. He, or else it's I not will official. say this though: he was one of the only ones in the dealership that had his mask on the whole time. Yeah, dude, dude, I just got my I got my car serviced before I went on this trip, and it was a dude. I, I was, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then there was one yep. guy. This was this is a new one I haven't seen. So, um, you know, usually you see someone do the pulse, you know, if they're talking, they slide it down because apparently you can't talk with a mask over your mouth. This guy would do a thing where he would have the mask over his mouth and then he would pull it out. Like just straight out. Oh, perfect. That's great. (laughs) And I'm like. That's great. That makes lots of of sense. They're a solid uh, three feet away from you. They can hear you. (laughs) Right. Right. You don't need to project that hard. It, yeah, dude. As I told you just a couple episodes ago, the the dealerships are are, are and like the you know the car service places are some of the worst mask compliant places I've been to. Right. Yeah. Well, Jared, I think we should get into uh, uh, what we've learned from this year year behind us. Uh, yeah. It blows my mind. I saw someone on the news say now we're in year two of the pandemic, and just mm. hearing that blew my fucking mind for a lack of a better term now well easy that's all right that's fair that's one of our two (laughs) one of our two that's fair that's fair hey listen there's two of us we have two you can use one Mm -hmm. um but equality uh, (laughs) jared but um you know it's funny that you say that because the first thing i always think about when i thinking about when i think about us being a year into this pandemic is that you're not a year into this pandemic you're over a year into this pandemic true and you lost a job essentially before also any true. of us here in the US were even considering the fact that a pandemic would be an issue also um, true and had to spend a month in Bali before you could come back to the US 
You make the, you make it sound like that was you know what yes, that was that true. was honestly pretty great. But, but, uh, but I, if I, I could go back to that month again, I would. If I could let's, go back well, and let's, rewind, let's go back to that month a little bit because let's rewind. Sure, that, I mean that's what we're here for, and that really that is true. Even though I wasn't taking any precautions, not like I knew what the precautions were to take in 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 case of a pandemic. But um, where where were you at mentally when you lost your job? for a i mean it wasn't a pandemic but for a did you understand what was happening that there was a virus going around and it was so bad and spreading so quickly that going in public was not a viable option you like that was clear to you well yes so well so here's the deal so um uh, let me uh, tell our listeners out there, buckle up. It's it's story time. Time to, to you know, put uh, strap in your seatbelts and join the ride. So what, what happened was I had gotten emails actually from the U.S. consulate in November saying, hey, there's this pneumonia-like November? thing going on in Wuhan in November. Uh, last no or not not even last November now two Novembers ago right. which yeah. is also weird to say November of 2019 a year and a half ago essentially yeah right um, I got emails from the consulate saying do not go to Wuhan if you do not have to there's a pneumonia like thing going on they don't know what it is just don't go well the crazy thing is I had a colleague of mine who taught and lived in Wuhan and we had done a couple different workshops with numerous teachers all together now thinking back like we were in one conference room mm-hmm. with over a hundred other Chinese attendees watching us we were all interacting in together Wuhan. Uh, not in I didn't go to Wuhan but we were in uh, Harbin we were in Xi'an right right and the interesting thing is two of my colleagues both got pneumonia mm. um, and one of them was my coworker in Wuhan and we were around them quite a bit yeah um so we, we, you probably would have gone to wuhan at some point had there not been i would a have if i would have stayed there yeah. sure i mean i had a, a slew of places i was planning on visiting met, yeah it's just a normal giant mm-hmm. city other than the fact that a right. pandemic well it's a huge international there, yeah. hub exactly and there's a lot of great culture there mm-hmm. um but yeah so in november so anyways i said this was story time so november we get these emails and and we don't really know what's going on, but like you know, I mean, China's huge; it's gigantic. So mm-hmm. we didn't really think that much of it, right? Then December rolls around, and then that's when the shit really started to go down. Is December? So what happened was the the semesters were ending at the universities, um, and I had remember uh, I remember thinking to myself, uh, you know, we had gotten a couple more alerts about this, but you know, there wasn't really anything else going on, and then. Late December, early January is when um, I believe I forget the name of the doctor now, but there was a doctor in China that basically told his colleagues, he said, I think this is going to be like SARS. Please be very safe. Um, you know, be careful with your families, all that stuff. Right. And and uh, then I, I don't really know if he was the uh, whistleblower or, or what, but basically I think he alerted some people and he got in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And they actually made him sign a statement saying that he did something wrong and blah, blah, blah. Didn't that well, guy the poor die doctor COVID ended later? up dying. He did. And that was yes, like and he a ended couple up months dying. later, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yep. Yep. So okay. But so, not so at let the me, beginning. I remember when he died, and then I heard. That's when I heard the story many months later. Right. Right. Um, and so, anyways, so 
So December, we're hearing these these alerts, but I was still traveling all over the place. I was still dating my ex at the time, so I was going to Beijing all the time. Mm-hmm. I was going and doing teaching workshops in different cities and stuff. I mean, it was great. I loved China. It was awesome. And so, so then January rolls around, and that's when the Chinese government basically said, this is an issue. And when you have a, a government that big and that powerful say, this is an issue, you know holy shit, this is serious. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, they, they didn't want to shut down the economy. They didn't want to, but but they did. And so... So, so, so in, when that mm-hmm. happened in January, so you yep. were already off for some holiday? Was it for... Was this the Chinese New Year? Chinese... Well, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's the entire spring vacation, basically. Okay. Or, or so late, you were already off spring vacation. When, when the shit really hit the fan. Right. So, well, so what happened was January 10th, uh, I turned in. I still remember that day, actually, like it, like it was yesterday. So I walked. It was snowing in Jinan, where I, where I was living at the time. It was kind of a slushy, wet snow. And I was walking into campus to turn in all my exams. I had like stacks upon stacks upon stacks upon mm-hmm. stacks of papers to turn into the office. And as I was walking back home, I was kind of in a rush because I needed to catch my train to get to Beijing. Uh, one, to see my ex, but two, um, I had to... Um, what did I, I had, I had something else to do in Beijing. I don't remember what it was at the time, but anyways, I had to get there. Um, and so, so I was kind of in a rush and I slipped and I remember I cut myself, um, like slid open my, my finger on the walk home. And then I I was just in a terrible mood the rest of the day. (laughs) Anyways, that's probably why I remember that day so clearly. But anyway, so I get to Beijing. Um, my ex and I, we went out, um, went out to a bar. Uh, there was this really cool bar in Beijing, um, called heaven supermarket where it was basically this hilarious name. Uh huh. Well, it was, it was, it was crazy because you went down these stairs and then you open the door and there's just all, there's like, it's a wall of coolers and they had beers from all over the world. Hmm. So I tried some like really good Russian cool. beers. Oh, I had some cool. German beers. Now a really cool name now that I know what yeah. the place is. Yeah. It kind of sounds so like it a was, strip club or like, or but like it, a brothel That's or true. Like that's that. true. But I mean, this place though, you could tell, I mean, it was like kind of like a hole in the wall because the mm. alcohol was cheap. People would just get drunk. It smelled like cigarette smoke. I mean, it was, Those are the but best we had a great time. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had a great time. So 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 we went out there and I think we went out to a couple other bars there there's a some really cool what they call uh, hutongs in Beijing, which are these smaller bars or clubs where a lot of people hang out and, and the night scene's great. Anyways, we went out and then like the next day or two, it really went public. Like, um, you know, you need to stay in your apartments. And this is early um, January. This was January 11th or 12th, somewhere around there. Because mm-hmm. um, and so basically... Um, Okay. It was just my my ex and I so a mu- in a that year apartment and three months ago essentially almost exactly. Right. We were we were in her apartment and and I went out a couple times to get groceries but most of the time we got delivery. Um and 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 in China I will say this. They were telling people to mask up in January. Mm. It was it was a it was a no-brainer. Uh, they but were the in, idea of masking up was by no means foreign to anyone in right. China. Right. Well, already. especially because of the SARS epidemic. Right. You know, and they're already um, used and to that, it just because of the pollution as well. So they already right. have masks. They already have. And I, the I had one as well. Quality mask already. Uh, it well, depends. A lot of a lot of Chinese people, I don't think they're oh, as aware of the pollution. But you had an N95 to begin with. I did. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, yep. And so you, yeah, like, and that, and that's sort of the you know n- now those are you know that's 
other than the vaccine, that's like the uh, the gold standard of, of right. flexing on people is an N95. Well, and and that's why when the when the shit first hit the fan and when I was in Beijing, that's why I was the one that actually went out and did some of the grocery shopping because I I was the one that actually had the mask. And then mm-hmm. when I went out, I bought more masks just so. Uh, and actually, I still have one of the masks um, from my travels. I I had four or five of them that I had brought with me from China to Bali just to be safe, uh, and I ended up. Uh, saving one and so that has kind of become my makeshift you still use it um in 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 my car yeah Mm. yeah it was still in the wrapper when it came to the states so like it wasn't even used at all um but yeah so 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 anyway so it was really crazy and then just to put you in my mental headspace jared Mm -hmm. because you'd ask me you know what this is like especially when i was as you said i was probably one of the first people to lose my job because of the pandemic um and so in january you know, we're hearing all this news from the U.S. Embassy saying, you know, it's not safe. You need to. And then uh, they actually pulled Peace Corps before they pulled us. Um, I think they may have pulled Fulbright from Taiwan, and if I remember correctly. This? You heard that. And I heard about this. And and because, so because these were Department of State that, programs. Like, oh, getting, it's going to happen to me. Yep. yep. There's I, no I, way they're well, pulling so, these big programs and they're not going to get to me. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so and they, they, they thought about, I don't. I don't know if they thought about not pulling us, but they thought about, they were trying to think of a way to somehow make it work, but because it was so new and we didn't know, Mm -hmm. and I'll be honest with you, I mean, I was pretty terrified. I mean, I'm, you know, now I'm not as terrified because, you know, we have a lot more knowledge about how to treat people with it, you know, what to expect. Um, And, you know, luckily you and I are younger and we're in fairly good shape as well. So we could both be in a little bit better shape, but hey, you know, we're not too bad. lunch and dinner today. (laughs) You know, actually, now that I think about it, I had leftover pizza for breakfast. Nice. Before I left this morning. Living lavish. That's <laughs> Today great. might have been one of the worst eating days I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Sorry, it's a road trip day. It doesn't count, Jared. It doesn't count. But but anyway, so so I you know, I was super stressed already because of because of the impending pandemic. Mm. Um but it was at that time the mental headspace I was at was okay, this is going to be contained. And then in a couple months, things will be "quote unquote" back to normal. So I thought, well, we've never worst really case had scenario. any sort of like we we have no idea of even how to contextualize this. So when you're right. hearing about this, it's like you don't even know where to where to think to know how this will be taken care of because we've never had anything like this before. Exactly. Well, and and so here here's the crazy thing though. So. So I kind of had a bad feeling that, you know, this was going to escalate and get worse and obviously that I lose my job. So then um, we got news. Uh, basically, uh, my boss and I'm glad she called me. She called me and she said, are you still in China? And I said, yes. She said, are you in Jinan? And I told her, no. You're in Beijing. She said, yeah. And, and she said, is is it possible for you to go back and get your stuff? And I told her, well, you know, with, with the pandemic, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like I'm going to be on a train for an hour and a half being a crowded train station. And this was during Chinese new year. Mm -hmm. So this is when people do the most traveling. Like it was my trip in January to Beijing. It was the only time in the whole six months I was in China where my train was late. Well, I think the only time I've ever seen. I think I, I feel like I, I remember hearing conversations at the very beginning of the pandemic saying that the fact that this coincided with the timing of the Chinese New Year was part of the problem is that you had this sort of mass exodus of people going from major cities to various, you know, smaller towns towns all over the country. And it was just, you know, these, you know, uh, just uh, happened to be the time when public transportation is at at its fullest because of it. 
Exactly. Exactly. And I I have never seen the trains or the lines so long at the train station. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wasn't and I was leaving out of the western train station in my city, not the central one. God knows how how crazy and chaotic it probably is. The western one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mine was the smaller one. So, um, well, I I would say less populated. Sure. Let me put it that way. Less populated, less busy. Um, But yeah. And so anyway, so I'm in Beijing. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with my job, but it looks like I'm, you know, what I was hoping was we might be able to go to Bali, wait things out. This was how naive I was, Jared, looking back. Yeah, but you don't know I anything thought, about pandemics. <laughs> right. And we didn't know anything about this virus and nothing. And We're so I remember, exactly. And I remember thinking, you know, I remember thinking, okay, I'm, I might just have to chill in Bali for like maybe one or two months. I had enough money mm-hmm. saved up at the time where that wouldn't have been too big of an issue. And, um, and so I thought, okay, you know, maybe, so maybe we'll go back to China, right? Well, we get to Bali and then this is February now. Uh, well, I had left. Oh, this is why I mentioned my boss though. So my boss had called me and she asked me if I could go back to Jinan and I told her I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, and she said, all right, well, when's your flight? And I told her my flight was scheduled, I think for January 31st. And that's to Bali. February 1st to Bali. Yeah. From Beijing to Bali. Well, technically Beijing, Hong Kong, Bali. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so she... Uh, she says, "Can you can you cancel that and book a flight out sooner?" It sounds and like at a the time, born movie, dude. I'm right, sweating over right? here. <laughs> I know, right? And so, so she asked me, "Can you cancel that?" And my my work was paying for all the flights anyway, so you know it, it it you know didn't. I won't say it didn't matter because obviously I I put the money down first and I want to get reimbursed for, for what I put right. down. But you know it was it's not really a, the, a huge the, difference out of your pocket at the end of the day, right? Or right. And no so anyways, out of your right. pocket. So at the end so of the I day. think it was like a forty dollar cancellation fee, and I was like, all right. So, but it's funny though, Jared, because um, I initially was supposed to fly out of Beijing with my uh, ex girlfriend at the time. She was going to come with me um, because due due to the pandemic and bad economy and other stuff, she had also lost her job. Uh, she lost her job like the week before I had got there. Mm. Um, which was great, uh, honestly, because we got to spend a lot of time together, mm-hmm. um, you know. But um, anyways, so we ended up then, uh, my boss tells me, get a flight out earlier if you can. I don't know if she had gotten a memo or she just knew something that I didn't, but she she was a diplomat. So, I mean, she, she would she know American? some stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, she worked at the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. Okay. Um, and so, anyways, uh, she... tells me to go uh, to see leave, if I can rebook. So, I look. Flight yeah. out, oh, to Bali. Get a flight out to Bali. Yep. Yep, okay. and so I. Jesus. Um, so well, I. Were you book, freaking I, out at this point? Oh, of course. I feel like I'm terrified because I, you have of no idea what's going on. You have no yep. idea really what the virus is or what the half my shit is still in my apartment, and and, and it's getting. And you're at the point. You have no idea what's going on, yet you're at the point where it's like, leave your shit, all your shit, and just go with the same. You know, weeks worth of clothes that you have, and just you know hope that you get your stuff literally you just at that point just like hope you can get your stuff back because you have to go so actually so thankfully i was prepared enough jared where i had brought enough clothing uh because i knew i was going to be in beijing for a while Mm. and i knew i was going to basically what ended up happening jared was i packed enough stuff for beijing and for bali somewhat that i would be okay now what ended up happening though but what ended up happening though was I ended up staying in Bali longer than I expected, mm. so I did have to get some some, some stuff of those in Bali. Shirts that you uh... right, yep, yep. <laughs> Love those shirts. First of all, those shirts are perfect for that climate and that weather though too. Dude, um, they are. I should have brought it with me down here to Louisiana. Oh, you should have. I would have been you perfect goofed. for sitting on the back porch. Yep. 
Uh, Absolutely my, uh, perfect. My mint julep or whatever they drink down exactly, here. Exactly, <laughs> um, So anyway, so my boss tells me leave early. So I pack my shit up. Um, I still remember this too, like it was yesterday. So I, I pack my stuff up. You know, I had a lot of my winter clothing because I, especially I went to Harbin for the ice festival where it's like mm-hmm. one of the coldest cities in China. Um, so I had like all my winter stuff. I had a winter coat, um, all sorts of stuff. And so I packed all my stuff. I thankfully brought my traveler guitar with me as well. Oh, God, um, cause otherwise that would have been left. I know. Right. <laughs> um, but anyways, and so um, you know, I felt terrible leaving my my ex girlfriend a couple days early because she was supposed to come visit me. Mm-hmm. But actually, dude, here's the crazy part of the story. So I get to Bali, I have to fill out you know a report saying you know I haven't had a headache in the last <laughs> you know <laughs> hours. I haven't met or uh, you know anyone fr- uh, met with anyone from Wuhan in the last two weeks. Like Does it was this long extensive list. They did. Yeah, they took my temperature That's in China crazy. when I was leaving okay. and in Bali, and they did not take my temperature coming into the U.S., mm. just saying. Anyways, um, so they still uh, I get to wouldn't. Bali. Right. I get to Bali, and uh, things in Bali, it's weird. So I get to Bali, and it's almost like nothing's happening. Like, it's there's no pandemic. At the time, there also had been no cases uh, documented yet in Indonesia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. But anyways, long story short, Jared, sorry for the long story. No, please uh, keep but going. that that uh when i got to bali uh was perfect because i got there i was able to get acclimated before we had like we actually were there for a work conference was the reason why we were there it wasn't just like a evacuation or a vacation spot i had to i had some work to do Mm -hmm. um which was also kind of awkward because uh, half of the conference was like discussing what your plans are for next semester and all of my colleagues and i from china were like well we're we're unemployed and we're going back to the u.s (laughs) next semester so yeah not to get covid and get out of here (laughs) right um exactly uh, and at that time, I don't even know if COVID was no. a word that people were using. Uh, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Right. I think it was just the coronavirus. Okay. Um, oh, so they had got, I, I it think. was past like some sort of mysterious pneumonia. Well, it was SARS-CoV-2, and then I think it was coronavirus. Mm. Um, but coronavirus but yeah. is, is more generic than SARS-CoV-2, I believe. Right. I right. believe, because like the SARS that happened many, many years ago was also a, a COVID, mm-hmm. a coronavirus, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Yep. But so anyways, here's the crazy thing, though, Jared. If I would have left when I was supposed to, Mm -hmm. that was the day that the uh, Indonesian government stopped allowing any passengers from entering from mainland China. So that means I would have had to either... Well, what, what that means is I would have flown to Hong Kong... I wouldn't have been able to board my flight to Bali, and I would have had to t- get a flight from Hong Kong and go back to the States. That's hmm. what ended, what would have ended up happening. And unfortunately, that is what ended up happening to my ex. I mean, I remember her calling me in tears in South Korea, where her connection was, saying they're not letting me get on the plane, and they're not letting me into Indonesia. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And then I looked at the news, and that was the day when they cut everything off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did kind of feel like a weird Bourne movie. But just to put you and the listeners... But- in my headspace, Jared. So imagine you leave your country of work. You're leaving half of your belongings. Uh, thankfully, all my most important belongings were with me. And that's one thing I would recommend for anybody ever doing any traveling. Um, if you can, even if it's a short, like if you're staying in one foreign country and you're making like a day trip somewhere. Bring your travel take guitar. Im- really important stuff, especially your travel <laughs> guitar, of course. But also, of course. It, it, but then, but then, okay, so you were in bali for for a year which i'm sure was mm-hmm. lovely it seemed like it was lovely not for a year for for 20 days you're but right yeah. i did say a year for uh almost a month 
mm-hmm. and um and it seemed like it was lovely you the whole mm-hmm. time it never really seemed like covid was a concern i imagine well so that was the weird thing is it was this weird lingering thing in the back of my mind for a few reasons number one i mean i knew i wasn't going to have a job sure you're like um, i'm here because i lost my job because of a virus right so right. it's weird the other to thing, be in a different country and all of a sudden this thing that caused me to lose my job is not a concern to anybody. Right, right, right. Um, the other crazy thing as well is that it was this weird kind of weird limbo where you're, you don't know what's happening in the near future or the far future at that point. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you would have told me before that, I would have still been doing the fellowship for a couple of years. So... I kind of had my plan for the next couple of years, quote unquote, laid out, right? Uh, and this just changed everything. And the other thing, too, at the time, you know, I had no idea when I would see my ex ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, you know, I'm she probably wasn't never going to see time, her again. Just to be clear for anyone that <laughs> right, doesn't know. Right. Yeah, we were, we were still dating, right? You keep we were saying still ex, which obviously makes sense. But at the time, right. it wasn't, you weren't this concerned about an ex-girlfriend. Right. I was concerned about my girlfriend right. losing. I mean, yes. I lost my job. I wanted to hang on to my relationship as yeah. much as I could. Uh, and, you know, we tried. I mean, six months of long distance during a pandemic when you have no idea when the other person can even enter the other person's country. It's tough. You know, at the end of the day, it's tough. So then, so, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. So, we, oh, go ahead. No, keep going. Sorry, keep going. You fine. So, please, so, please. so then I'm, I'm, so I'm in Bali. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with the future. Um, a lot of my co my coworkers, uh, not coworkers, but the other English language fellows that were with me, a lot of them, they were aware of the issue in China, but I think a lot of them were kind of oblivious. And once again, I think a lot of us were just so naive that, mm-hmm. uh, how, how connected we really are internationally. And so, so, you know, mid-year, the, the conference goes by and, you know, everything's going good. And, and I will say this though, for, for one of the most uncertain times in my life, Bali was probably the best place to be in terms of like For mentally, sure. physically, like the weather was beautiful. I mean, everyone like is a, so friendly and kind. A great place for some self-care. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and and I mean, Bali is on my list of places that I will definitely return to once I can because it's just so amazing. And and I will tell you, Jared, I mean, I think that really did help me a lot, though, because when I, I mean, just imagine, you know, you come back to your home country, you're unemployed, um, you have, you know, it's kind of, you know, an awkward part of the semester where, you know, if you work in education, you're not going to find a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I was just teaching English at night, um, you know, and, and it wasn't ideal, but, you know, it got the job done at the time. Um, and you know, I, I have to really thank my parents a lot for all of their help and support, you know, um, Shout I like to think I also help Spread and support them too. Um, but it's, it, it was just such a crazy thing. And the craziest thing of all, Jared was going from this weird mental state of just utter fear and terror and, and uncertainty in China to all this, honestly, calmness in Bali, because it was kind of like when you remove yourself from that situation and then you're in a beautiful tropical climate and you're eating this amazing food with all these great, you know, spices and flavors and all this awesome stuff. And, you know, you have like the beach and all, you know, it's just, it puts you in a different place mentally. Then you come back to your home country, not knowing what you're going to be able to do. Right. And then you realize how oblivious we are. And that's when I started to kind of see the like warning flags, you know, going <laughs> off like, so like, oh shit. What was it mm-hmm. like, like coming back here 
and see and seeing that seeing just literally Alarming. how we were there was no concern our lives were completely normal here going right. out enjoying ourselves going to work and stuff well like we that. went out to eat you yeah, know we, we went out yeah. you me some of my buddies Imperial. we all went out to eat and that was the only time i have gone out to eat mm-hmm. at a restaurant since i have returned to the u.s when you explained to did do you i don't know if you can even remember this or or explain this but do you remember what the conversations were like even me for 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 that matter i mean Mm -hmm. honestly i could probably just go back and listen to podcasts and figure it out but can you remember what the conversations were like when you explained to people why you were coming back because to us here in the u.s especially i mean i can't speak for what it was like in in indonesia but in the u.s the idea of a virus being being such an issue that it kicked you out of a country I don't even think was on our radar at all. So like it wasn't. H- how could you come back to a con- to a n- to your home country and be like, well, I, you know, I had to leave that country because there's a virus ravaging the country. Uh, as we and I'm telling you this at a bar, <laughs> right? While we're sitting right next to each other, sharing chips and, and salsa. Um, yeah. Oh man, hindsight. Uh, but anyways, it's yeah. I mean, it's. I think the thing is that. Because it was happening in China, it felt like it was a lot of Americans. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly, and um, and and clearly it wasn't. Right, right. Well, see, I think that's the thing. Is a lot of times it it comes down to. I think a lot of Americans have this sentiment of it could never happen to us. Mm -hmm. Like when nine eleven happened, I think so many Americans thought nothing like that would ever ever happen. Yeah, people don't blow our shit up people right we blow other people we blow shit their up. shit up right right <laughs> well same we with do. the ins- same with the insurrection though you know i never yeah. ever in my lifetime thought i would see a bunch of yahoos and idiots but then always, and inbreds but then always when it does happen i feel like they're, they're then it's just like yeah of course like you don't ex- you you, it, you know why it happens you know why that is I, I would love to hear it because i i, I it happens it's all a the very time. simple answer very simple answer jared we're comfortable lack of preparedness mm. well and also being too comfortable but lack yeah, of preparedness I mean, together i mean and and that was the irony too is because um you know we so that was the other thing you know where my headspace was at the time um i was still trying to salvage my relationship and so so we had planned on having my ex fly over and the irony was that she was going to fly over with me when i was flying from bali but we decided not to because we were worried you know she had been outside of china for about three weeks mm-hmm. but we were worried that you know maybe she would have had some issues coming in through the border the irony is uh um it was so relaxed that like i'm sure she would have been completely fine at the time probably um, hard to get back home well yeah that would have been the issue but you know at the time we didn't know that yeah um and so it was yeah it was just so crazy though man i mean just going through all of that coming home um I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think this episode, well, all of our episodes, we we try to you know have some level of honesty and transparency here. I know we like to joke and kid, but um, I mean, I was really depressed. I mm. was really down, and it was a really hard time in my life. Um, I felt like I had no direction, even though you know I I know what I want to do career wise. But when you when you come, you know, if your career is a seasonal or or kind of a time based career, you know, you can't just start in March with you know 
teaching generally, unless I were to get a job as a sub. But the other issue too was I had been a little bit traumatized from my time in China, just being like kind of locked down there that I was like, well, shit, I'm going to get here and it's just going to happen all over again. So also it's kind of like, well, what's, what's the point of even trying to look for like a, at least a teaching job? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I figured what's going to happen is you're going to get a job and you're just going to become unemployed again. So thankfully the online teaching route was the right decision at the time. Um, but it was just such a crazy adjustment. Um, just going through, you know, you lose your job, um, you know, all the friends you've made, you can't see anymore, you know, and then I had thankfully seen a couple of my friends when I just came back. But then after that, you know, a month later, basically, you know, you can't see anybody anymore. Um, so it, it was a lot. Um, but you know, we have learned a lot. And I think now, Jared, uh, let me get off my soapbox. And let's talk about some stuff. Looking back at this year, you know, year one of the pandemic, what are some things we've learned either about ourselves, about our country? I think what we have learned about our country is we are not as prepared as we should be. That's for damn sure. Well, I'll say this. So for you, the beginning of the pandemic was sort of your, your transition from China to Bali. For yep. me, it was Chicago. And I remember it very clearly, too, because I remember the reason I, w- I went to Chicago and I was in Chicago is because I was going to a, uh, to a concert. And, um, and me, me and my, my ex as well, this is, this is the podcast, the ex podcast, me and my ex as well, <laughs> we were, were like, um, we're like, like there's, is, this pod, is this concert going to happen? And it's like, well, I mean, we could still go to Chicago and you know and enjoy ourselves and not go to a concert but it's like you know it like the concert got canceled like kind of at the last minute you know it was early on in this whole thing but it's just like we had already before the concert got canceled we had agreed it's like we're not going to a concert like this is clearly a bad idea but what were really stuck with me is the fact that it was same it was saint patrick's day weekend and I'm no St. Patrick's Day head. Every year, I never know what day St. Patrick's Day is. It always just creeps up on me. And I was like, oh, look at that. It's St. Patrick's Day. But the thing about... Um, sorry. Uh, the thing about this year is that... The, or, last, or last year, the reason, only reason I remember it is because of this pandemic. And I remember I um, was just walking through the city of Chicago. Um, and, you know, just going for one of my classic Maps Off Lance strolls like I do. And you just see line after line after line outside of various bars in Chicago because of St. Patrick's Day. And me in my head, it's like, I don't think this is a good idea. It's like, Chad's been here for two months. (laughs) I'm not going to a concert today. Uh, And honestly, I don't even like being here anymore. Uh, Yet you guys are in liquor store lines. You're in... um, you know, you're in bar lines and all that stuff. And then so me and my ex, we had uh, we went to a restaurant and I remember specifically their plan to, you know, you know, prepare us for for the this covid or whatever was they covered the the seasonings in, in saran wrap or plastic wrap. You know, they just put it over like the little circle, you know, the holder of of, of accoutrements and that mm-hmm. they claim the tables were more spread out. That's what they claimed. I don't know what it normally looks like, so I can't right. say whether that's true or not. <laughs> right. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, we were probably there. This is it was a relatively nice restaurant, but we were probably there for like 50 minutes. Like it mm-hmm. was like let's get these meals and get out of here. Like no no comfort sitting there, and it was just like right. this seems like a bad idea. 
I don't feel like this saran, this plastic wraps. We say saran wrap here in the U.S. People, by the way, I know we have a lot of listeners down in the U.S. So whenever I say saran wrap, I'm like, this is right. not plastic translate. wrap. Uh, we- it's like Kleenex <laughs> and tissue paper. We uh, it was like there's like I'm no expert here. I don't even know what's happening, but I have a feeling this plastic wrap they put on the salt shaker is not going to fix it. Um, and so that that is how I specifically remember it starting. And then I remember that. Once the concert didn't happen, there was that countdown to whether or not the uh, the trip to France and Italy would happen, which obviously didn't happen. Right. But uh, those were sort of the, the major milestones for me that I remember regarding this pandemic. And obviously you coming mm-hmm. back and much like everyone else in the United States, I, one of my closest friends had to be kicked out of a country because of uh, a virus and i'm like oh that sucks let's go to a bar let's hang out and live life normally (laughs) like there is no sort of recognition of what was happening i will say this though i did feel a lot more comfortable after spending so much time in bali and i'll be honest i spent the majority of my time in bali outside or hanging out at the pool i wasn't in like crowded bars or anything and i tried to play it safe proper quarantine yeah in a and very imagine, good place for a quarantine. I imagine even eating. I, 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 this is how I picture you getting food. I imagine a lot of the restaurants were sort of mm-hmm. open concept. <laughs> Can I say yep. that? Where yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it was like of, the ceiling really was doors, more open. But you right. sort of go into like an open sort of area and you're inside, right. but there's no really door, specific door that you're going through to get inside, essentially. Well, depends depends on the restaurant. But a lot of them, yeah, it was more outdoors. We would sit outside, too. Mm-hmm. I stayed at a... It was funny. It was a, a newly built Marriott hotel, um, but the food was great. They had, like, legit Indonesian cuisine, um, and they had a nice little spot right by the pool where we would usually sit and eat breakfast and lunch. And then for dinner, we'd usually go elsewhere. Um, and that's the other thing. You know, I spent a lot of time... Um, in, in, you know, the hotels and just hang around that area because I didn't want to, uh, cause I'll be honest with you, Jared, there was a part of me that, you know, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person on, in the news, like, you know, super spreader because of this one stupid mm. American, you know, doing all these crazy <laughs> things while he's visiting. <laughs> that really you know, crossed was, your mind that you would be in the news yeah. for being, oh wow. Well, it, it, it I mean, crossed I understand. my mind, what crossed my mind more so was that I could potentially, be spreading this to people mm-hmm. um you know that was the thing um and the other thing too is though i think the fact that i was exposed to this pandemic in china where masking up was so normal it was like a no-brainer for me and then you know i wore a mask my entire flight both flights back that was over 30 something hours of travel pretty much consecutively and i had a mask on now i changed my mask when i got to korea so i wore two masks in 30 something hours so for those assholes out there who say they can't wear a mask for five minutes when they need to go into you know the gas station to buy their smokes or something um yeah i'm gonna use our second f-bomb today jared and say fuck you um, because it's ridiculous <laughs> it's just ridiculous yeah you listen all um, allow that f-bomb 100 percent because i wanted to say that about six thousand times on my road trip today right. as i peed behind right. a uh, recycling bin <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i mean it was but you know what the the big thing that i've i've learned from all of this though is that and i'm i'm not an incredibly religious person but it does seem like there is some type of i don't want to use the term plan but it's it's just interesting to see the way life progresses let me put it that way where Mm. um looking at where i'm at now um mentally financially emotionally 
um, physically, although I can lose a pound or two. Um, for the most part, you know, I'm in such a, a way better place than where I was last March, um, which which is a good sign. But but sadly, I do have to acknowledge for a lot of people, they probably can't say the same thing. But now, granted, I will say this. I kind of already started at the bottom. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I lost my job. Yeah. My relationship was falling apart. I was already kind of at the bottom. Um, that's and true. So, I mean, that's true. I guess yeah. I never really thought about that. You like you you it, it, I, I, you know I, I feel like i as someone that has gotten laid off personally you know i've experienced this that sudden job loss i feel like i should have had more empathy for what you're going through because I, I i i've experienced that that sort of feeling of just you show up at work one day and then the next day it's like you're done Go home. Right. Well, <laughs> we don't well, need and, you. And, and get this, though, too, Jared. I wasn't even able to give any of my colleagues a proper goodbye, any mm-hmm. of my students a proper goodbye. Uh, it was funny. One of my students actually borrowed my... Uh, in China, you have to... You use, like, a card that you, like, plug in, basically, to a kiosk, and that turns on the computer and the projector. And so I had a student that was a, a senior... Uh, or no, uh, no, junior. He's a senior this year. And he... Uh, was doing a teaching presentation and he asked me, he said, he's a professor, can I borrow your, your key card so I can use it? And I said, sure, you know, mm. the semester's done. I don't need it. And I said, just give it back to me in February when I come back to China. He's like, of course. You know, Cheers. I told him I'm going to Bali for this. Dude, you know, but if this I was, was that student, this was in that December. would be mine mm-hmm. now. I'd just be like, that's mine now. <laughs> well, you know how Chinese students work. <laughs> they but, have but way I agree more with you. honor than I do because I'd be like, oh, right. sweet. He's yes. never coming back. That's mine now. <laughs> right. Um, who knows? Maybe he does have it, but I doubt it. He's a he's a really good student. Oh, so, um, uh, yeah, they take it to the... Uh, excuse me. This was uh, Mr. Chad's. He left, and I need to return this to its proper owner. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, oh, man, it was just... Um, so funny though that you know looking back and the nice thing is now I mean I'm doing the teaching fellowship um, so I have been back in contact with some of those colleagues mm-hmm. um, but I feel bad because they always ask me and next episode by the way Jared um, we'll have to talk about I've uh, my students have been starting to ask me some interesting questions so we'll have to oh, right. talk you about have some of those students next... now we haven't I even do. talked about that on I the do pod. so we'll have to talk about that next episode but so do anyway, you doing the so... same sort of concept where you have like an open sort of spot for them to ask you questions yep Yep, oh, literally ask me anything. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I do it for them, but I kind of do it for the podcast, for too. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, so so I think that was one of the most difficult things about everything was there was just no real lack of closure. Um, the only kind of closure I think I actually got was when my stuff finally arrived in the U.S. in August. Mm. Um, so... So yeah, but it was it was pretty crazy. But I think there's been a lot of learning experiences along the way. Number one, as I've already said before, but I think it's worth highlighting again, is uh, the first thing I think I've learned is that um, generally, at least in the U.S., we are not prepared. We need to be better prepared for a lot of different things, myself included. Uh, another aspect of that preparedness um, is having a bit of, and I don't want to say this and sound facetious or anything like that, but it's really important to have an emergency fund, have a little bit of money saved up in case shit goes down the or shit hits the fan. Because Americans don't. I know. Like but that, a, they don't have like a couple hundred bucks. Right. Right. And, and see, cause that's the thing, Jared, if I would have the, because I had a rainy day fund, I was able to stay in Bali a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I did that, honestly. Well, I did that for two reasons, if we're being honest. Number one, 
was Bali's amazing. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But also number two, I knew I was coming back to the U.S. and I just didn't want to risk potentially um, getting my parents sick. You know, I just didn't want to, because I figured if I stayed there longer and if I was pretty smart and safe and cautious, that at least the risk is minimized, right? I mean, there's never any guarantee, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you have to be smart and you have to think things through. Um, So, you know, being prepared, having an emergency fund, I think we, most people have learned in this pandemic is so important, Um, you know, but yes, I do want to recognize that not everyone has an emergency fund, but if there's a way where you can even just tuck aside a little bit every paycheck, you never know sure. when you might need that, you know? Another big thing for me, working from home. Mm-hmm. It seems like my company is at a point where they, they've they've realized that working from home is the way to go. It seems like it. Yep. They haven't officially I said it. I think people it. are more productive. They haven't officially made that a, a thing. But I, I believe I believe it was July that they said... You know, this was back in, you know, sometime last year. They said July is when we'll go back. July 2021. I don't think that's going to happen. I think... No. I, and, and, even, and even though the vaccination thing seems to be going pretty well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think they're, it's going to transfer over to, like, we have spaces for you where you're welcome to come to the office, but there's no obligation to it. seems like it's the way that's going to go. That's I think been a that's huge the way shift in my go. life. This is, yeah. you know, I've I've been here at this at this job that I love, by the way, for uh, a couple sh- a couple months shy of two years, and um, I'm at the point. It's essentially at the point. No, it's a hundred percent the point where I have worked more from home with this company than I have at the office, and it doesn't feel right. that way at all. Like it still feels like the off. Like like that's how I. I connect me to this company as the office, but it's like I've done right. way more work for this company from the comfort of uh, my own office and my own room than I have from the actual office that they provided. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm, well, for me, it's the. I mean, I've I've been on campus once. Yeah, you, once <laughs> to pick up my computer, and that's it. With it's your a mask shame on. because the campus is beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, right? And I I. I I stepped out of my car for a minute to shut did the trunk actually, and got back in. Did you, did <laughs> that you was actually it. meet coworkers or was it just IT people? Nope. It was IT. Right. IT guy dropped the computer and the monitor in my trunk. Oh, so you didn't even and go inside. Drove off. You just pulled up. Yeah, I okay. pulled up. Skirt, skirt. Called him, pulled up, told him where I was. Exactly. Put it in. Um, but <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it was... Uh, yeah, very, very interesting though. I agree with you. The work from home. And the other thing is too, is I hope that this working from home will highlight and allow people who have disabilities and impairments to continue to work from home with less, with honestly, with no judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that's fully realistic. So I would say with less judgment, but but I think hopefully with no judgment in general, I think, you know, I never thought about that until you just said that, but even in general, I, I feel like, and I would hope that that would also open up a lot of job opportunities for people with with various disabilities. Just the, the fact yeah. that they don't even have to go to an office to interview, you know? Exactly. As, as, exactly. as, as a black person, I understand the idea of that sort of implicit bias that you have no sort of control over. So to have that opportunity to fully present yourself and do a job without having to, you know, just deal with whatever sort of... Uh, uh, assumptions come with whatever you know visual way you present yourself. I think mm-hmm. is, is a huge benefit in, in itself. 
Sure, absolutely. Um, another big thing too, I think, with what I've learned during this pandemic is how important, believe it or not, how important social and human contact is. Yes. Um, it's super, super, super important. I mean, um, I can tell you for sure, the last time I have even hugged a family member, like other than, you know, my parents, you know, I live with them, um, is my sister and my nephews and my sister's partner uh, on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, we were masked up and everything. Um, I mean, even you, you and know, I, we would see each other every week for for a good amount of time and mm-hmm. make a point not to touch each other you know and not to right. i don't want to say it's kind of stupid to say make a point not to get too close with each other because if we right. either of us had 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 covid we would have gotten it but it's like we oh, would for sure. still make sort of these weird concerted conceited efforts not to get too close to each other or not to sort of right. um touch each other and um and 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 yeah i haven't i've touched one person uh yeah one person other than knuckle touching this one guy when i went to go pick up this monitor that's in front of me right now that i have <laughs> right which is ruining right. the very essence of this tiny home uh <laughs> <laughs> i knuckle touched the guy that gave it to me and other than that the only person i've had any sort of physical contact with is my ex so now i'm physical contact listen contactless for a while until i make it mm-hmm. to my vaccinated family Reckon, right? Maybe in a disturbing way, rub all over them. That was something I wish I hadn't said. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> right? No, jeez, oh, no kidding. But, but that's the thing, though. I mean, jokes aside, it's it's so important. And at the end of the day, we are social creatures. And I, it was interesting though because I remember going into the pandemic uh, in in you know February and March, um, thinking to myself, all right, I'm just going to bunker down here. Uh, until this shit's over, um, you know, and and go from there, which I which I kind of have yeah, done. You're doing that. Uh, That's which, exactly what you're yeah, doing right now. Exactly. Um, but I tell you what, though, Jared, when this first started, I was like, oh, this will be easy, and I kind of was kind of like, well, this will be great. You know, I'll have all this time to read and play guitar and do all this other stuff, um, which I have, which has been great. But on the other hand, I mean, just the level of like how much I miss my friends, like going out and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's tough, you know. It's I, it's it's really difficult. I've always considered myself an introvert. I still do for sure. But this pandemic is the first time where I feel like I really understood my introvertness. Where it's like that by no means means that I like I'm just some sort of recluse that could hide away in this tiny home that I'm in right now. Uh, and never interact with people it's like you don't even like there's a lot of interaction i had in my in my life that i took for granted and didn't even realize how much i needed until i was stuck in my in my home and it's like oh i didn't even realize first of all how much i relied on my coworkers for social interaction yeah and it's yeah. like it was kind of sad but it's like oh yeah no this is a major part of just my uh talking to people that aren't the people i live with you know Right. Well, and I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, when I was tutoring students, I did get that uh, quote unquote social interaction. Although it was online, it was still some social interaction. My current job, I mean, I'm talking to numerous people every day, which is great. Um, But there still is a level of difference of, you know, having a screen between you versus being there with someone. And that leads me to the other thing that I've learned, though, Jared, is that, and this may sound very cliche, um, but 
there is nothing more powerful than the present moment. There is nothing more in life that you have than this right here. Mm -hmm. I know it may sound silly, but it's so true. And you really, I think, can realize that when you spend time or if you see some loved ones you haven't seen in a while. And just when you can sit there, you don't even need to say anything. Just sit there and enjoy that moment, you know? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's something. pretty soon you'll you'll be able to enjoy that. So. <laughs> you hit me. You hit me somewhere in, in that. That's. I think that's something I, I really struggle with is is enjoying that moment and realizing that to to be having a moment with someone, you don't need to be doing something extravagant. It's just being right. with that person. And I think that that's something that I um I, I've been I've been learning during. The, during this pandemic time it's something i've really struggled to understand i think just in general because i think we you really take for granted just the freedom you have to to take another person for granted when um you have access to the rest of the world around you and that yeah it's not just you and another couple people or one person where you have to manage that that being around each other all the time and then also um, needing that interaction, but you know, needing your own time, you know. Oh, for sure, absolutely. the The other big thing too that I think we've learned is how how fragile not only just human life in general is, but how fragile everything else is too. You know, the economy, being oh, able yeah. to travel, do the economy, our education I feel like system, no the health system anymore. Right, I feel like, no kidding. especially, I mean, it's already, it's always kind of been a farce. Getting that stimmy, <laughs> not me. It's already kind of been, uh, you know, that's a humble brag. Right Are there. you flexing over yeah, here? That's yeah, a no slight kidding. humble brag when you say you don't get the stimmy. But um, right. <laughs> that, you know, that, since I haven't gotten the vaccine, I'm trying to find my humble bra- humble brag uh, angle. There you go. What were we talking about? Shoot. Uh, we what what were we talking about? Sorry for distracting. Economy, how fragile everything is. Oh, Traveling yeah, economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've our always healthcare ca- system. We've always kind of known. I feel like as a, as a society that the idea of the economy is always kind of a, a scam, you know. But once we really, we, you know, what really put it into perspective for me of just how much of a scam it was was when there was the like trillion whatever plus stimulation into the stock market. That mm-hmm. lasted for all of I don't know a, a half Couple of a seconds, day. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, sweet! Wow, the stock market's really up for forty-five minutes, and now it's back to normal." And which normal at the time was not good. And I feel right. like that was the first moment that really put into perspective how little our so, sort of the stock market means to. Right. I, honestly, I feel like that might have been a little bit the precursor to the uh, the whole GameStop. And stock. meme stock uh, uh, fiasco that happened a couple weeks ago or a month ago or so is the idea of just that um, we saw that our our government, at least at the time, cared more about um, sort of the idea of, of what is the visual representation of a good economy versus actually mm-hmm. the people of the country being uh, economically stable. And it was just sort of right. just this... This uh, this this representative representative form of like, look, the economy is doing well. That completely failed. It lasted for you know, as we said, 
a couple right. minutes, and then it's like, oh no, the economy's back to where it was right before, which is not good, and the people mm-hmm. still are suffering the exact same, and no effect on any of the regular people. <laughs> right. The and it the just other, I, well, all I was gonna say was it just really put it in perspective the idea of just our. And I feel like this has been talked about forever, but there's always these little things chipping away at the idea that our economy is just sort of based on sort of like this uh, a scam, essentially. Well, if you want to get into that, I mean, look into the Federal Reserve. There's there's all sorts of... If you want to dig deep and mm. go down that rabbit hole, I mean, there's listen, a lot of stuff that would, conf- would confirm <laughs> that, 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 that what I'm you're like, saying is probably true. Listen here, Banks. Um, I, I've thought about a lot about that as someone that is trying to buy a house and just how banks determine you know like a like a uh like your loan pre-approval right i'm like i mean how does this really work it's like how is it convenient how is it so convenient that i fall into like a very specific like like price set i I don't know now i've been thinking a lot Mm -hmm. about that too you're right we don't have to talk about that right now but uh the the other big lesson too i think is um just how uncertain things can be um, and, and and this goes back to the fragility thing I mentioned too about uh, the economy and travel and, and job security and everything. But it's it's just amazing how you know all it takes is one or two things where shit hits the fan and it can all go up in smoke really really quick. This stuff um, this stuff always mm-hmm. makes me aware of how a little prepared how how unprepared i should say i am for like these zombie apocalypse movies you know we always see these right. movies are like walking dead where like these just seemingly normal people all of a sudden learn how to handle a gun learn how to survive in extreme conditions and i'm like oh this is full-on fantasy this is not mm-hmm. reality in the slightest at all people are not prepared people don't give a shit you, you know actually the first thing that really made me aware of how unprepared we are for a proper um, catastrophe was the microburst at Albion College in 2014. Was that we were seniors? That was senior year? Yep. 2014. Yep. We had a microburst, which I didn't know what it was until it happened. But essentially what that means is that we had a pretty big storm that um, knocked down some trees, put took, took the power out. And, you know, we had to shut down school for a bit. And that was crazy. We, you know, we heard it was coming when it was still nice outside and it was calm. And in our school was like, listen, a huge storm is coming. This is going to F S up and we need to lock <laughs> this S down. And you guys need to just be aware that we're probably not going to have class tomorrow and that you need to be very careful because there's a large storm coming. That's what yep. essentially what we got. What we well, here, did, if you want to was party (laughs) well yeah what were you about to say (laughs) well if you want to see unpreparedness jared i mean all it takes is one word my man texas oh that's true what happened in texas a couple weeks back you know i mean i had some students ask me about that by the way we can talk about that next episode but but, yeah yeah. okay we can talk about that next episode because let me just as as you're as you you're right I, let me just finish where I was going with the story because mm-hmm. I can't just leave it there. But like, sure. yeah, this is exactly what happened. The first thing people were let, were doing, you know, all these underage kids were trying to find the twenty one plus year olds to get them booze. <laughs> the twenty <laughs> yep. plus one year plus yep. year olds were trying to get their own booze, <laughs> and it was just right. like, let's get this going. No class, so let's party. And just the first instinct, at least for us college kids, and I don't think this is much different than just the average adults. To be honest with you, now that I think about yep. it. I don't think this is much different than the average working person that has your standard nine to five. Our college person's brain was like, let's get drunk 
and let's party and let's enjoy the fact that we don't have to go to school slash quote unquote yep. work tomorrow. Unless yep. just unless it's crazy. And if shit had gotten so bad where like buildings were coming down or like we had oh, to we get out of the city, screwed. we would have been screwed because we all would have crashed just been trying to get yep. out of the city because we're all drunk. Too <laughs> drunk to drive. Yeah, no kidding. All, all of us oh, drunk kids Lord, trying yeah. to escape would have crashed into each other just leaving this parking lot. And it was right. <laughs> and it was just like there was no preparedness. And that was just a storm that was contained to a city uh, mm-hmm. for for an evening, let alone a right. year long pandemic. And it's right. like, yeah, you're right. We see it in Texas. We see it now in a bunch of different states, which was made me terrified for this road trip, which is once again why I was peeing behind a recycling bin, because I was in all these states where people don't give a shit. And they're at the point, yep. I don't know if they were ever at the point where they were wearing masks, but right now they're like, we're just living life like normal. We're going into stores. No one's telling us what to do because they don't, they're not interested in the smoke. And it's just a shit show, essentially. Yep. Yep. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. I was in college and the exact same thing happened. It makes sense now that I see these adults and I'm an adult too. It's like, oh yeah, you don't change. The same thing happens. And we and as humans, as a collective, we have very short memories, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. And and we're individualistic, especially here in in the US. US Especially, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um I'm trying to think of some other things we've learned throughout this year. Let's hear it. Let me pull up my list. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got caught up talking about shit. We learned that well, reality TV one, is king. Tiger King. Oh, yep. Tiger. That See, that was like kind of the where I feel like I was still naive enough to think mm-hmm. we'll we'll do this lockdown. Yes. Then in a month or two, I think, it'll be fine. I think that yeah. was part of the power of Tiger King is I think it's because it was literally at the beginning of this pandemic thing i think it had that sort of feeling where it's like this is this is this is the month or two weeks where everyone's at home and binge watches a tv show you know like it it was sort of that thing where it's like this is how crazy we're all home watching the same thing where it's like well now that it's eight you know or a year later it's like it's not that crazy but you know at the at the time i think it really was that sort of first thing where it's like we're stuck at home. This is stupid, isn't it? You know, and right. it's like, look at us enjoying this we stupid had no content. Idea. And it was <laughs> no like, it was just idea. sort of the social media fueling of just like, well, you know, this is wacky. You know, that's sort of what social media is. And and then I think the idea of something like Tiger King going viral later in pan in the pandemic makes makes a lot less sense than at the very mm-hmm. beginning, because now right. it's just the same sort of stupid reality show that we see every other week on on online you know or available in your right. various streaming source and right. that's essentially where um tiger king fell except for the fact that it was i i think it was more timing than it was the show and even more than tiger than the tiger king the joe exotic who's i think still in jail i don't know if he's in prison or jail but he's locked up i mean this was really uh for carol baskin she she came out she came out making even more money, still not paying her coworkers or paying her right. employers, employees. <laughs> right. Um, Volunteers. <laughs> some other stuff. The protest, of course. I mean, this 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 uh, pandemic is. I, I think you can't 
when you're talking about history books, at least, there's no way you can talk about the pandemic and not talk about the protest, the George Floyd based and Breonna right. Taylor based. Well, 2020 was just protests. such a crazy year in general. Mm-hmm. You know, there were so many. And I think that the thing was, too, is that. It was like it was it felt like to me it was just one thing after another. You know, sure. first it was the pandemic, you know, then it was it was just one thing after another. You, um, you know, for me, <clears throat> yeah. For me though, I think that I think that this is really huge th- this sort of protest based uh, pro- idea of protest because I think as a black person, there there's these constant or these consistent sort of moments in my life, especially in this time in my 20s, where I sort of become more and more aware of my race, b- become more and more aware of, of what that means in society and what that means um, and what that means for me personally, obviously. And I think that just when I think back on my lifetime, when I'm talking, well, grandkids, when I'm talking to my uh great nieces and nephews <laughs> um i'm going to think back i think i think kind of like you know we, we we think about the 60s like 68 for example is really a turning point in, in in social and racial history in america i feel like for me personally i feel like that's what 2020 was and i feel like for a long time in my head as sort of like a and, I, and this is not like sort of like the moment where I became woke by any means, you know, or like I be really became aware of like, wow, racism is a problem. But I feel like this is really the first moment where it was like I have to sort of like educate myself. You know, this was the first moment where I was like, yeah, you know, I always knew that this was a thing and I always knew it was a problem. But this is the first moment where I really took it upon myself and took it to the next level and and really a moment where where I, I feel like especially as i said before 2020 very easy year to remember i feel like it's 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 just a moment i'll remember in my lifetime as like yeah this was definitely like a turning point in my understanding of society in general and and how i mm-hmm. picture society and how i move through society kind of piggybacking on that a little bit i also have learned the power of social media um, and also technology in our society now. I mean, it's really that's amazing not even a how comment like the power is is not a good thing. Right, right. Well, I I will say this. I think the opportunities for a lot of things is really good. Like for example, I mean, all of the great things that have come out of online learning and teaching. You know, I hope that will really move us forward in education. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty rosy and optimistic statement. But um, as hope. someone who works hope. with Right, right. <laughs> it's all hopes um, and dreams. But, but yeah, so whereas, you know, it's just crazy to think of now, especially now where, can you imagine, Jared, if we were in this pandemic and we didn't have the internet? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how people would even live. Yeah. Like, how, how, like what did people do during the 1918 yeah, I mean, flu pandemic? Where it's yeah, like, what did they do? There were people that, that like, you know, I work on a, on a, in a marketing department for a company and it's like that existed then but like for me now you know now for my job it's so easy to do it online it's so easy to not have to actually physically go into person but it's like they still i feel like my job still existed 
back then. I, you know, like a form of my job existed back then. But obviously, <laughs> you couldn't mm-hmm. do what I was doing. You couldn't have the Excels, the PowerPoints, the Zooms, the Teams, the Skypes. Right. You know, it's like, how does that happen? Where it's like, and they still had to. And and and, and much like production of, of of products are still happening right now, it's, they still happened back then. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer. Yeah. You don't have an answer, but I'm very curious nope. how. Right. Just right. How, and and I would say this. I would imagine that um, corporations in general were way less reliant on sort of the interconnectivity of all the different sort of departments as they are now. So like, right. The, you, you know, I, I think in my mind, I'm sort of factoring in the globalization of my job mm-hmm. and the fact that I I uh, have normal work interactions with people in various different countries and states right now, like it's nothing. And it's just it was like, yeah, well, they didn't do that. You know, it's just like, <laughs> right. It's like right. they just they very, also very didn't have a vibrant, you know, market in China back then. You know, it's like, right. It's it's like, yeah, it's just it was completely different. But um, it, it does. It, it it you know what it really more more than the fact that that didn't happen a long time for me what really I would say honestly bothers me is the fact that we could have been working from home and doing this online virtual working long ago. Yeah, it's like well, this, well, this technology the, uh, that we have didn't buy into it. This technology that we have to do this has been I would say it's been optimized at a rapid pace because of the pandemic and because yep, of the for sure uh, increased demand for it. But the technology's always, or not always, it's been there for at least the last 10 years. Right. It's just well, that no increased, one's cared that much. Right. But see, that's the other great thing is I think we've seen great progress in tech and also in science. I mean, if you look at just them, all the research and stuff that we've learned about vaccines, mm-hmm. the fact that mRNA vaccines are are, are a thing. Ex- uh, I remember reading it. essentially is, is what right. it is. Well, I remember reading an article about, um, oh, I forget her name now, but uh, she was a professor at, oh, damn it, I don't remember her name or the university now, but Harvard, she, Yale. she <laughs> probably one of those, but she wanted to research mRNA vaccines and they basically told her, like, you're foolish, you're wasting our grant money and our research funds and this is stupid, you shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. She ended up taking a pay cut and a title uh, demotion basically to continue during her research and her research actually had helped push a lot of this See, forward now this is why capitalism is essentially a failure because in the way because theoretically when i hear that it's like well she should be a billionaire like uh bezos like she, like she should be on her way to making millions of dollars well, but see, right like, there, though, Jared, the fact you can say that... Even for her to be able to get that, her stuff noticed, she had to lose money. Right. But a here's the other thing. The fact that in America, you can you can put medicine in a category for making profit and getting rich, mm-hmm. I think that in itself is kind of a crime. Well, see, that's the thing. That's why medicine, I think, in general, in the is it's not that valued here. Because... Right, it's, it's profit-driven. And, and it's easy, there are easier ways to make money than medicine. And so that's why mm-hmm. I think like the idea of opening the economy, the idea of, uh, I don't know, just the, the very like we have an, in general a uh, uh, society that's not really that keen on going to the doctor, not keen on taking days off for sick days right. or vacation. And I think it's just 
I feel like this, at least in the U.S., sh- and and I'll say this at my job, I'll give them credit. It has made a huge difference. Is that I feel like we should be more aware of how much how important our own self care is. And as I as I've probably mentioned before on the pod, it's a great point. My job has now made it a key thing to put into our calendar that we have an hour lunch break. And it's just even something as simple as that has made a big difference, I feel like. Where it's like, you're, you're not, it's, it's just these slow, tiny little steps, especially here in the U.S., to make it clear that workaholism is not as valued as you might, as you think it is. And the idea of, of just being there the longest and working quote unquote the hardest which essentially just means the longest is not mm-hmm. <laughs> right. is not is not what is not all it takes to, to progress is like it, it and i think that just making it clear that we're, we're taking time for ourselves and we are focusing on ourselves is a step to be like yeah you don't need to be in the office all day for hours for you to prove right. that you're worthy Right. And I have to say my university and my bosses are also cognizant of this and very aware. And the great thing is I've had a couple times where we had like a, a staff meeting for, you know, our whole office. Mm-hmm. My, like one day it was super nice out uh, and my boss just canceled the meeting and she was like, go outside for an hour. Oh, and I was like, you know what? Amazing. I was like, all right, you're going to tell me to go outside <laughs> for an hour. I am going to go outside for an hour. So it took me I a kicked long- the ball around with the dog. And yeah, it took me a long time to embrace that hour long uh lunch hour break where it's like yeah i understand that they're saying this but still it's gonna look better if i'm working longer and harder but you know then they continue to talk about it they continue to push it they even now we have now a like a for, for my uh group and my company we have a uh like a you know one of those it's one of those workout apps essentially mm-hmm. where you can track your your workouts and we have one specifically for the lunch hour where it's like we're, we're telling you listen we're keeping you if you want to join this we're not making you but if you want to we're going to keep you accountable for doing something during that lunch hour so i've joined it and I, I make a point now and i did for like a week when it first when the pandemic really first hit to be like oh i'm gonna get into shape i'm not gonna have this covid body when i go down to my parents in louisiana because i ate pizza for breakfast and chicken for and bre- <laughs> for lunch and dinner uh, fried chicken right. for lunch and dinner um never but it's just like because now my company is telling me and making a point to be like don't work it's like all right now i can comfortably leave my desk and not feel like i'm not you know and not feel like i'm uh, i'm 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 hurting my chances at this company because i'm not really committed it's like no no you're not right. helping or doing any benefit by being here for just all day long you know and so i love that yeah. i love that and i think that so, self th- that's something sorry i'm sorry i'm talking a lot i know no, go, go that's ahead, something go ahead. we would never really would have even considered until um this happened because i've had right. many times in various jobs where it's like you, you know there are opportunities to leave for lunch because you're at the office and it's like you can leave no one's stopping you no one's going to be like why did this person leave but it's right. even more powerful to be you know, working through lunch when you're all around each other, looking at each other, mm-hmm. and you can right. see the person leave. Sure. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. I, I do want to reiterate uh, reiterate how important um, self-care is, and I think the pandemic, that's one of the good, thing that, good things that's come out of this, mm-hmm. is that 
there are just more discussions now about self-care. We've and, talked about and it. Taking care of yeah. Well, my office, we've talked about it a lot. We actually sent out a newsletter a few weeks ago um, for that as well. About, you know, some some tips and tricks on, you know, self-care. I don't think the I other ever thing really is knew to, what self-care was mm-hmm. until like I've right. I've obviously heard the term. Well, shout out to Mac Miller, rest in peace. I mean, his song also, <laughs> I think, put that, you know, put self-care as a term a bit more on the map, not, if we're I, being honest. I love Mac Miller. I love that album, honestly. I'm glad you reminded me of that. I'm probably going to listen to it tomorrow now that you brought it up. But As you should. I'm actually 100% going to listen to it tomorrow. But um, you know what I thought of before I thought of his album, because his album is so depressing, no offense, Um is I'm very offended. Uh, the treat yourself. <laughs> I mean, it is very depressing. <laughs> yeah, is the treat yourself from, great album uh, from Parks and Recreation? Oh yeah. And the idea yep. of treat yourself is something that first turned into a ridiculous sort of joke to me, but right. now treat it's yourself. like that's a legitimate thing that you need to do. Yeah, sometimes you do need to treat yourself, and and it's something that especially in corporate America or just you know not even corporate America, but just working America. Is something that is not respected. The, actually, the exact opposite is respected. The idea of not treating yourself and just committing yourself to work is respected and right. and looked up upon. While treating yourself and taking days off is like, oh, this person's you know you know that's looked down upon, or at least we feel like it is. Right. And I feel like that's legit. At least for me at my job, I feel like that's legitimately changing. Yeah, I I I, I think the the environment. At a lot of workplaces like that is is hopefully going to change. Yeah, um, it's like we which, still which I see think will be a good productivity thing. happening. You know, it's like mm-hmm. everyone's well, I think working for from some home, people they're more productive. And we, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, for for a bit, you know, I would tell people at work and you that like I feel like I'm working more, and I felt that mm-hmm. way. But sometimes, for, for a little, sometimes I'd be like, am I just saying that just so I sound like I'm a hard worker? You know, just so I sound like I'm a real go get them kind of guy but i've right. heard so many people of like my coworkers and various people working in other jobs say the exact same thing and mm-hmm. i was like oh all yeah. right, no all right, i'm not original or i'm not like just saying this it's like <laughs> this is happening people are like how mm-hmm. am i now in front of my computer way more than i've ever ever have been well you have to be yeah i mean that's you know and you just have to no be it's separation. the nature of the beast there's re- right. really no separation for for me at least between mm-hmm. the, the separation is if I specifically make a point to turn off my computer. Yep. That is the yep. end of the day for me. Because there my have been separation. so many times where I've not turned off my computer and I have this, like, mm-hmm. an hour later, 30 minutes later, I find myself, like, all right, I'm done. And then I'm, like, sitting down. And I'm like, how am I working? I said I was done, like, an hour ago. Right. But somehow, right. because I, I never turned off my computer and I just sat down here to look at something real quick, and now I'm just working for another hour or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, my separation is literally this chair, five steps that way, and I'm on the couch. I've had to do <laughs> that, know, too. So there's not very much separation uh, well, but um, I think, whatsoever. But I think yeah. I, I've actually had to do that, too. And I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about single life. I think having a, a house to myself where I can more easily separate spaces has made that mm-hmm. a lot easier. Like so now, sure. When the workday is over, I make a point to just leave. I like I don't even sit in that room anymore, uh, which right. I, I didn't used to do as much. Like I used to, mm-hmm. you know, stay in there a little bit more. And so I think that's definitely right. helped. And I think that that's just you know there are ways to do that with relationships. I'm not saying that you have to be single for this, but I'm saying that right. Just making that clear separation between the work area and the mm-hmm. not work area is key. You know, we actually. I think that's even big for when we were in college because I, I remember 
that was when I first heard about it was the idea of you shouldn't be studying or doing your homework in the same place that you're going to fall asleep. So don't do work yeah. in bed. Don't sit in your bed and do homework. Don't sit in your bed and study because mentally your brain is not is in a place of of I'm going to bed soon and not in a place of I am working. And so right. I think that that's something I've always struggled with, even in college. Even when I knew that in college, I, I'm not. I was by no means perfect. Actually, the exact mm-hmm. opposite. But as I'm now in a working situation where it's like, oh, okay, thousands of dollars rely on this, so I can actually now, you know, put a little bit more focus. I guess thousands of dollars relied on it back right. then too, but you know what I mean. You know, right. it's more personal, <laughs> so I can now, sure. you know, now I'm more aware of this. I'm older, you know, all that shit. So I'm more aware of just like what it, you know, being able to set up work time and personal time. Right. So looking back, Jared, I would say the biggest lessons and and also some just looking back, you know, this year of a, you know, pandemic under our belt. I would say you know, it's amazing the leaps and bounds we've made in science and tech, which is great. Yes. Um, you know, all the progress we've made I've there. Honestly, never been so excited for a vaccine. I'll say that for sure. Right, right. Um, the other thing, too, that is such a huge learning experience is I think we realize how much we took so many little normal things for granted, but these little normal things are what make, I, I know it's cliche, but that's what makes life special. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, at the end of the day, the memories you are going to remember are those stupid jokes you had with your friends, those conversations you had at four in the morning, sitting outside with that glass table. Jared knows probably exactly the glass table I'm talking about, you know, um, sitting out like in someone's like backyard or porch. Um, as you know, someone, all these little things. Mm-hmm. As someone that has lived this pandemic quarantine time with and without other people, I 100% agree. Like, I understand that idea of of really... Especially as someone, as I mentioned earlier, that started as an intro, like I've always been an introvert. I'm started, I still am, but it's like this idea that now, like, uh, it it's really put into perspective what it means to a- appreciate the people that you have around you when mm-hmm. you don't have them around you, and when you think when you've lived a life where you've had the 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 luxury of having them around you, and it's like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a, a introvert, so even though I don't have them around me, I'll be fine. It's like, that's not how that works. You think you're an introvert right. because you've always had the luxury of having them around you, but now that you don't ever right. have them around you and you're alone, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm going insane slightly. I didn't. I thought I'd be right. great. I thought I'd somehow just be smooth sailing, but that's it's, it, it really puts in perspective what it even, what my own and I assume other people's personalities means to them and what that actually right. is. Well, Jared, going going kind of back to that, for me, I what I've really realized is I get so much energy from interacting with other people. And I sometimes get it a little bit when I can work with my coworkers or work with faculty at the university. Yeah, it's different. But a lot of times, bursts. exactly, mm-hmm. it's exactly. Um, and uh, with teaching, I would always feel a sense of um, energy, accomplishment, pride as well after finishing a good lesson. Now, honestly, when I finish a good lesson, you know, first thing I do is pull my headphones yes. off and, 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 you know, and then kind of take a big deep breath and be yes. glad to be done. You know, I, uh, um, I totally relate to that feeling yep. <laughs> at the end yep. of a meeting, just 
<laughs> whipping the headphones off. You know? yes. I feel like that's probably the closest thing I will ever feel the way a woman feels after taking their bra off after like a long day of wearing a bra would be yes. my guess. You know, so so yeah, taking those headphones off after you've been wearing them for four or five hours for Staring work. Staring at a screen. Um, it's a great, yes. yeah, it's a great feeling I totally for sure. Know what you're saying. For sure. Uh, l- let me th- let me see. I think I'm done. Let me see if I have anything else. I mean, I talked about the protest. I, I talked about me missing travel. Really, I you know I'd say something about missing travel. Not only is the fact that I'm sad that I missed it, but it really has made me enjoy and appreciate my neighborhood, especially since I'm now right. not at the beginning, but now you know at this point in a house shopping mode. So mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know. This is stupid to say. I shouldn't, but you know, as I, I shouldn't even preface stuff like that. To be fair, you know, I feel like I have a therapist in my head right now. Now that I'm in the woods, <laughs> and I feel like I'm centered. It's like Jared, don't treat yourself like this. But like, right. <laughs> I really feel like something about um, the 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 pandemic has has helped with the the home searching process, you know, or just mm-hmm. like the idea of what it means to be in a space has really right. has really um helped and i and, and i think a big part of that was also not traveling for a year you know mm-hmm. and as someone that makes a point to not travel the only trip i really did was to a, another actually situation quite similar to this slightly different setup but pretty mm-hmm. similar where i was in a quote-unquote tiny home setup in a, in a part of ohio now i'm in nashville but um right. it's something i just really took for granted you know Oh, absolutely. Can I give you mm-hmm. one thing that, yeah. um, or two things, I guess I should say, that really, I think, really highlighted how stupid people were? Sure. Uh, the Imagine video with Gal Gadot and all the yep. various yep. celebrities. That was ridiculous. They sang yep. the Imagine song. And then there was one more mm-hmm. after that. I remember Sarah Silverman. I remember Jesse Pinkman. I know that's not his real name. That's the character. Oh, from, uh, Aaron. Um, that was the. Uh, oh, yep. yeah. Um, I don't remember. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, Je- uh, Paul, some Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Yep. Not Aaron yep. Paul. It's not Aaron Paul. Is it Aaron Paul? No. Yeah, Look at us. Aaron Paul sounds like one of those uh, singer, one of those boy band singers. Uh, they did one of those like um, I'm complicit in racism videos, and it was essentially the imagined version of um, of uh, I'm a racist. And I understand the point. Aaron Paul. Okay, okay, we were right. Yeah. I understand the point, but it, it was really sad. It, it, it seemed like, do you remember that video? Do you know what I'm talking about? Which video? They were like, I am complicit in racism. I have seen moments of I racism. I don't remember that one. not reacted. No. Well, anyway, it, it was a similar concept to the Imagine video where it was like this sort of black and white aesthetic. Instead, it mm-hmm. was all these actors and actresses and comedians, you know, try, you know talking about how they... All white people, by the way, talking about how how, how they're complicit in racism and how they've seen racism mm-hmm. and let it happen. Essentially, just trying to say how every white person is complicit in racism, even if you think you're not a racist, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but it seemed like a a a reel you'd send out to casting agents, like <laughs> right. like a lot of the the clips were, were. Here, let me do it. Here, I'll, I'll let me do it. Uh, can you can you narrate it? Because I'm going to put my microphone down to do it. N- narrate what you'll you'll just you'll see okay okay i still don't know what to narrate i mean jared just sitting there looking at his screen looking sad he's disappointed in himself 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you want me to narrate, Jared. <laughs> I am complicit. I have seen racism and said nothing. I will be part of change. And it was just like, it was, that was what it was. It was all these rich white people. I know, I know was those like, are good and those are with exactly. well intentions, but it's so cringy. It, it it's really, so but damn that's cringy. Whereas like, I understand what you're saying. And as, as a person of color, I want to respect it, but it feels so like you could cringy. also just wrap this up and send it to casting agents for right. future roles like this is great like right. the act it felt how about like you donate acting. to an organization <laughs> instead really of just like acting you know, yeah. it was like look at my acting reel this is really good look how sad right. i look look how concerned i look <laughs> right and that's yeah. really how i felt about it more than like yeah these people really do understand what it means to just be a white person in a room see racism and just let it happen i was more just like wow these people are great actors <laughs> yeah um another one i have let's see if there's anything else let's see if there's anything else one in ten americans by the way are vaccinated have been vaccinated fully vaccinated uh largely because of the pandemic 2020 appears to be the deadliest year on record mm-hmm. in the united states uh at least since the 19 uh the 19, beginning of the 1900s so that's interesting okay that and is interesting. A 15% increase in the U.S. death rate since last year because of the pandemic. Mm. Just some interesting facts I learned. But other than that, interesting. I think we covered it. It's been I a think weird we have. year. And I think, right. And I think at this point, Jared, um, we'll I'm skip the you. song. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, anyways, we have a let us know, though. We're about to play. Exactly. Let us know what you've learned throughout uh, some of these difficult and trying times during the pandemic. Uh, I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We hope so. Let us know, though, at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com some of your thoughts or what you've learned throughout the pandemic so far. Um, also, you can check us out on Twitter, untranslatable1, the number one. Uh, check us out on Instagram as well, untranslatablepodcast. And on YouTube, also untranslatablepodcast. Yeah. And lastly, please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Spread a little Let love. us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyame, which is gracias, shisha, dosvidanya, and for our pandemic uh, special today, also, stay safe, stay healthy, because those are definitely two phrases we've been hearing quite a bit this year. Um, so wishing all of you good health and wellness as well. That was beautiful. You always throw me off with this beauty. Such a I know. I, I, like, I like to keep you on your toes, Jared. <laughs> Dude, today's but, road trip yeah. was great. I'll bet. I sounds like temperate it. Because we can't talk about it forever. But um, I've never been on a nine-hour road trip by myself and been like, this is great. I need to keep going. <laughs> I could see how it would be great, though. I, it was I so cannot wait. wait to just get out and be right. in just for uh, literally foreign areas. Oh, for sure. 100%. Well, man, I mean, just I, I've been hopping in my van and just kind of driving around to get used to driving it. And I am so excited. Yeah. Uh, I, I told you I got my bed frame. Well. It, it, yeah, yeah. So, have you started mm-hmm. uh, putting anything in? Like you said, you got. No, I'm waiting. Work. I'm waiting until the I get the stereo in because I know they're going to be moving around and stuff in the vehicle. So I figure I'll wait until the radio.